no, no. You can't use no, 33. No, man. You can't call 33 one. now, man. That's the wrong code. No good. Wrong code. Wrong, wrong code. code. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, July 24th, 2011. Time for your Get My Nation Media Assassination Episode 324. This is No Agenda. Reporting from the front lines of Gibbo Nation from the Four Winds 5000 Crackpot Command Center in Gibbo Nation, sunshine, the great state of Florida. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. We have oranges, too, and from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. You don't have sunshine like we got sunshine here in the Sunshine State. Actually, we have uh, fog, as a matter of fact, and it's nice and cool. <laughs> yeah, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, uh, Mr. Curry, and all ships at sea, in the morning to you, and in the morning to the boots on the ground and the feet in the air. Yes, and in the morning to uh, producer Nico DeHaan, his lovely wife, Ellen, who have uh, kindly opened up their home here uh, near Clearwater, Florida. Uh, for Clearwater? The- yes. So you're in the home of the Scientologists. That's right. <laughs> I'm being programmed as we speak. And uh, actually, this is uh, nowhere near the, uh, as far as I know. All of Clearwater is a Scientology Center, <laughs> the whole town. They're standing all over the place in these dark suits. Have you seen them? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. We've, we've, we, we drove by with the windows closed. Oh, you should go. It's, it's, it's quite funny. It's just like being in uh, Israel, and there's all these Hasidics wearing these black outfits while it's 120 degrees out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah these guys are wearing these wool... Uh, Blazers standing all over the place. Just I don't know what they're doing. Awesome. Actually, yeah. anyway, uh, no. So um, uh, wow, I, I got to give you an update. This, of course, is uh, part two. Is it part two or part trois? Part trois of the uh, Hot Pockets 2008 tour. As we are cruising around Gitmo Nation, uh, meeting all of the uh, human resources along the way. Uh, last we checked in. Where was I last time, uh, John? I was in... Uh, as far as I know, you were at the uh, Baroness's house. No, no, no. We did a show... Uh, no, we did a show from South Carolina, remember? You did? Yeah, we did a show from from Charleston. Oh, right, just outside of Charleston. Right, and then after the show... Um, and you were using the 3G connection. That's correct. Now, today we're on a different connection. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I wanted to uh, thank uh, Katie Humer, uh, who uh, dropped by after the show, and she handed off a nice, cold, local micro-brew which was uh, very welcome. Uh, it was kind of, it's kind of cool people just come on to the KOA campgrounds, like looking for uh, the Hot Pockets Mobile. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Katie works for Lucifer. And, uh, Katie works for Lucifer? Yeah, I think she works for a contract. Well, that's funny. You know, we have a... a uh, uh Sarah Austin's sister comes in the office uh, in Mevio every so often, Becca, and yeah. she works for Lucifer. Yeah, I mean, I think Lucifer She's has... Lucifer's blogger. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. I did know that. Yeah. Well, I, um, Katie, does, I'm not quite sure what she does. I think she works for a contractor, but she says they have an intranet, and it's really, it's really weird. Like, you know, and there's always like a little welcome message from Hillary that changes, and whenever she has new hairdo, they have to update all the pictures on the site, on the intranet. And she sends out little, like, you know, Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, apparently uh, all of the human resources who listen to the program, in one way or the other, work for the Im- evil empire. <laughs> so, oh, well. Uh, yeah, oh, well. Uh, what can you say? Um, so, yeah, after that, we, uh, we broke up camp. We drove uh, as far as we could. We actually didn't even uh, get to a campground. 
because uh, we were going to try and make it to uh, Jacksonville. Remember you said don't go to Jacksonville? So we stopped short of Jacksonville, probably about an hour uh, north of it, and uh, we actually kind of cheated. We stayed at a Comfort Suites uh, for the night. Yeah, You got into a real bed. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I think our bed here in the RV is better than the Comfort Suites. Well, that yeah. could be. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, so literally just like, you know, got in 11 o'clock, we just crashed, woke up the next morning, um, uh, made sure Mickey had her first uh, taste of grits in uh, in some diner, which was uh, right next to the Comfort Suites. This is all on the I-95 on the highway. On the what did she state. think? Uh, yeah, she went, oh, that's grismail, which is uh, the Dutch uh, word for grits. Oh, so they Dutch have been eating grits all along. <laughs> they just didn't know it was grits. So, what's the, so where's the grits? <laughs> yeah. She's looking around. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So she had her grits. Yeah. So there's nothing new there. Nothing new. No. And uh, then we cruised on down. Um, and uh, once we hit, the, actually, um, we went to Saint Augustine, uh, as you uh, as, as you recommended, and we had lunch in Saint Augustine. Uh, yeah, I saw your blog post. Yeah, you know, it's... it's St. Augustine, crap hole for tourists. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's kind Anthem of what... Post. Yeah, that's, thanks, John. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> no, it was just... Yeah, it was it, it was very touristy. Um, you know, and when you have like the... This is the thing I hate about... It's okay to have touristy shops and everything and keep them in one area, but they have these tourist trams and they dress them up to look like trains. You know, it's like, are, are you, like, what are we, infantile? It's like, oh, look, honey, it looks just like a train. Let's get a ticket. So stupid. But it's good because uh, I can get behind him and I can drive around. Because we also, uh, we hit Savannah. We actually hit Savannah the night before. Um, and just as so we're coming over the big bridge, uh, which uh, it leads into the, the main drag, whatever, we came up behind one of these stupid tourist trams. But it was great because I just followed right behind it. And uh, and it took it right right through the old squares of Savannah where all the old homes were, uh, which is stunningly beautiful, particularly at sunset. I mean that's old South, old Georgia, beautiful architecture. And uh, you know we're trucking along behind it, and uh, which is perfect because anywhere that stupid tram can go, I can pretty much maneuver the uh, the RV. Um, and then we uh, we we got a call from uh, uh, Harry Pilgrim, and because uh, he you know he saw us. This is really amazing when you're when you're traveling now these days. And you tweet, no, we're here, and then you get like a million tweets. You got to go here. You got to see this. Don't miss that. You got the tree coming through the roof. You got to see it. And the, and Harry's like, oh, you got to go down uh, River Street. So I'm like, okay. I look at my GPS. I'm like, oh, River Street, okay. Yeah, it, it, River Street is cobblestones. Have you ever driven a 20-foot RV on cobblestones? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> there, were, there were people gotcha. looking at me like, look at this douchebag. What is he doing? You know, the plates are like, <laughs> the whole thing is rattling away. Um, right, so we did that. We hit St. Augustine. Nah, not so great. Um, and then we uh, we had our obligatory free orange juice at the Welcome Center at the state line of uh, of the great state of Florida, which is great. You know, they got free orange juice. You pull up. They're happy to serve it to you. Really nice. Yes, for seconds? Uh, no, he didn't. But the nice lady took some pictures for us of me and my Uggs. And then we... Uh, then we blew down the... Oh, by the way, we had to pass through Orlando because we came down the east coast of Florida and then to the... Uh, we were going for a meetup at uh, uh, Nico and Ellen's house. Uh, and this is Friday night. 
Friday night, Orlando, and we didn't really think about it, and no one really told us. Yeah, there could be traffic on the interstate. Oh, my God. It's like 120 degrees and traffic. You know, stop and go traffic. And then luckily we had one of those pop-up thunderstorms and it's just beautiful sky and the lightning is flashing and the rain is coming down, cools everything down for about 20 minutes and then it heats back up again. Uh, so we got in just in time for uh, for our meetup here and it was uh, great. We had uh, Gitmo Slave, who of course uh, a big maintainer of the stream, has done a lot of stuff for the show. Uh, it was nice to meet him in person. Uh, Sir Andrew Green and his uh, lovely girl Amanda uh, stopped by. And uh, Chad Laston, um, who drove from Cape Canaveral. So, you know, people once again came from far and wide. It was really nice, though, uh, of Nico and Ellen to open up their home. So it was a kind of a smaller group, but we could really talk. And uh, it was a beautiful evening. And we sat out under their screened-in porch with the fans going and beer. And uh, Nico's a very interesting guy, John. He's older than you are. But he's... <gasps> yeah. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. Uh, and it, but he looks like me, like as young as me, only not quite as handsome, or almost as handsome. And uh, and he does a podcast, which is uh, uh, I blogged about it. What is it? It's uh, living the primal lifestyle. And you'd really like you'd really like what he has to say. He eats no grains, but he eats lots of meat. Meat. Yeah, meat. Yeah. Well, the guy looks great. He's doing something right. And uh, so that was really quite awesome. And then uh, after the uh, after the meetup, we went over to uh, our KOA campground uh, about 20 minutes from here and uh, hooked up in the dark. Always fun. Uh, went to sleep, woke up the next morning. And of course, I hadn't done any prep. So, you know, it was time to connect up. Once again, the Wi-Fi at the park, complete crap. Tango Internet, really? Tango. This is just, it's really, it's really horrible. You know, if, you know, we're going to get our asses beat by any other country. Our, our, our wireless infrastructure is no good. It really is quite pathetic. So luckily I had the three, uh, the three, 3G connection. So, so you me- actually had to use your 3G when you supposedly have wireless internet oh, yeah. at the KOA? Oh yeah. oh yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, it may be good. You know, it may be good if you're looking at your Facebook page. But if you actually want to get something accomplished, it's no good. Huh. Yeah. It just breaks. I can see the connections. I can just see it breaking all the time. And, uh, you know, we got files to upload and download. I got Dropboxes to synchronize. Mickey's got pictures to upload. It's no good for that. So um, uh, I will say uh, Verizon and AT&T both very strong 3G signals. Uh, even the T-Mobile was pretty decent. So we were able to switch back and forth, and, uh, and, and that worked pretty well. Um, and then we're, so we're in the, we're in the RV working away with the air conditioner. I was like, hey, let's go outside and we'll, uh, you know, just take a look around. It's like, uh, imagine someone throwing a boiling towel in your face. Yeah. It's so hot. So unbelievably hot down here. And you go to like the, uh, you know, the, the camp store. Hey, You're is not it even in the heat bubble down there either. I know. But it's, it's a little hotter than, uh, than normal, according to that, we had the the RV cleaning guys come by to back, to clean the carpets and stuff. Um, a little bit of residue of uh, Baroness Maggie's uh, Saint Bernard's, which with all the heat and the air conditioner, kind of uh, smells like a big wet dog. <laughs> yeah, 
And I got blamed first. Mickey's like, baby, you really need to shower. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's not me. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let me see. I do have uh, Hot Pocket producers uh, to thank, besides, of course, the Nico DeHaan and, uh, and Ellen DeHaan, uh, where we are parked right now, because we uh, uh, struck camp this morning, drove over here. They made a lovely breakfast for us. I'm... Uh, Plugged into the 20 amp circuit. Uh, we're using Nico's Wi Fi. He's got regular uh, cable here. He's got 5 megabit up. Hello. We don't have that in California. Do you have 5 megabit upstream on your cable? No, I got 2.5 or, yeah. or maybe I might have 4 actually. No, I, I can't. I pay extra to get 2. Stupid Hollywood. Stupid Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so Chad uh, helped us out with the $200 donation. Um, we highly appreciate that. That works towards his uh, knighthood. And uh, it was kind of funny. He was telling me the story that it, his brother, uh, he comes from Ohio. His brother lives in Ohio. And uh, he said, you know, we got Dvorak. I said, what do you mean? So, you know, my brother had donated uh, money to the show and had asked for karma for me. And then somehow John gave the karma to his brother. Uh, and we douchebagged a guy they didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading from the script. <laughs> so we all we all have this vision of this guy who's like going about his life, and all of a sudden, hey, wh- why is why is my life collapsing? <laughs> why is everything around me going to crap? What is happening? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's great. And then um, after the show today, uh, Miss Mickey will be doing uh, the No Agenda Producer Update with Gitmo Slave Poolside here. Um, And then we'll be uh, picking up. We'll be driving northbound uh, towards Pensacola. We'll probably make it to, like, Tallahassee, I think, as we are on our way towards New Orleans. And uh, a reminder, there is a Facebook page. Sorry. It's where, where Mickey does her best work. Uh, but HotPockets2008.com has all... There's an RSS feed, luckily. Uh, HotPockets2008.com has all the information. And, of course, uh, I'm blogging about our trip. And uh, we look forward to more meetups, if possible. It's been great meeting everybody on the on the road, John. Uh, and it really, I'll tell you, man, uh, it may sound hokey, but we are making some form of a difference. <coughs> One uh, human resource at a time. Well, <clears throat> it's better than a poking eye with a sharp stick. Yeah. And, and you know what, everyone, the, the one meme that propagates? Which is? Everybody says it. Hey, man, I'm just getting by, living the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they are. You know, it's funny. Someone sent me, uh, and I, if, if someone out there has the uh, audio book of Barack Obama's uh, Audacity of Hope, isn't, isn't that it? Audacity of Troop? Uh, hope whatever yeah um i have it here uh i tried to i tried to get a copy of it but it's like it's like 30 bucks to get a copy of his audio book be free yeah no i write the white house i agree uh on page 10 audacity of hope uh here it is they which uh, refers to his constituents for when he was running for senator Believe that anyone willing to work should be able to find a job that pays a living wage. They believe people should have to fi- shouldn't have to file bankruptcy just because they got sick. They believe that every child should have a genuinely good education, and those same children should be able to go to college even if their parents aren't rich. And when they get old, they want to be able to retire with some dignity and respect. So he's basically, he's saying, without putting the dream part in, He's basically had the same message all along, which is, I don't think anyone read the book. 
Did you read it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I should have. I feel bad now. I would have caught that immediately. Like, what? Just getting by. I don't just want to have a living wage. I want to live the true American dream. Being Donald Trump. Yeah, get a Cadillac. Yeah, with chicks and, and, uh, and, a, and a flip over. What's That's the flip American over? A flip over hair. Oh, Donald Trump. Yeah. That's the American dream. Huh. All right. Well, we have some. Uh, let's do, before we start with the news, can we uh, let's do the our executive producers uh, right off the bat? Okay, that's good. Uh, and we want to start with uh, JamesFreeHollowBooks.com in Summerfield, North Carolina, donated three sixty five fifty one. Please kick in the extra penny to get us to the knighthood, and you can thank Sir Michael Garcia of Tokyo. Edward Holsey of San Francisco, Brian Watson of Raleigh, David Anderson, and Paul the Book Guy from Paul the Book Guy podcast. Uh, they all bought these uh, books. Yeah. Anyway, these are the ones that I these are the ones that I signed, right? I don't know. Yeah, no these are the, these are the ones that I signed. In fact, uh, Brian Watson from uh, Monroe, North Carolina, uh, paid three hundred and thirty three dollars and thirty three cents for the uh, signed copy of Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> Atlas Shrugged. Gotta love it. it- Anyway, uh, freehollowbooks.com, check it out. Uh, he'll also be a knight later, a knighted later. Uh, Brian Dorr, Frisco, Texas. I'm a donor, not a boner. Been listening to it a couple of years and finally decided to clear down my PayPal account and add a bit more for good measure <laughs> and uh, podcast license. And a bonus for my douchebaggery. I'm now forwarding bloggerlicense.com and goslaves.com to No Agenda <laughs> Show. If you want to do anything with a blogger license, just let me know. Think it may be useful and necessary as a podcast license here shortly. And if I can ask one favor and get you to play the Slave song, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for opening the eyes of a sleepy slave, 33333. You know, I don't have that one handy. I haven't played that in a long time. I don't think I brought it with me, the Slave song. It's on the phone. Uh, okay, well, we'll play it eventually, we'll get it. Brian. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it. Uh, James it. Howard in Indianapolis, Indiana, 33333 is my second 33333. And I know, uh, you know what that means. That's right. I'm the new Secretary of State. <laughs> Okay. He wants to call out his buddy Tim Wang as a no-donating douchebag. Douchebag. He hit him in the mouth a month ago, and I'm pretty sure he hasn't contributed a penny. Plus, he's Chinese, so give him give him an in the morning. <laughs> I've decided five bucks a month isn't enough, so I'm going to up it to uh, to the one dollar per hour subscription. Good luck on the tour, boys. Hey, thanks so much, James. That's nice. Uh, Christian Winter, uh, 324, uh, Mac Tanks, uh, be a, a night today, Venice, California. From the start of El Numero Deux, pedal to the metal out of Cigar, Cigar City, good buddies, which is uh, Ebor, by the way, which is another that's Cigar right. City. That's uh, Ebor with a Y. Yes, that's yes. a big 10-4. Hey, I got me a CB at Radio Shack. Oh, really? Yeah, I, haven't, I got the antenna and everything. I haven't hooked up the... I'm going to hook it up before we leave so we can... Uh, Talk to my good buddies on the way uh, on the way up. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, also, a couple of associate executive producers: Kenneth uh, Mickelbust in Frederikstad, Norway, two twenty seven eleven, uh, and Steve Thompson, uh, two hundred one dollars from Drumbo, Ontario, Canada. Hi, John and Adam. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Pre- please douche me and send some karma. Oh, a double shot. Here we go. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Nice. And along with that, of course. And so. that'll be our...
I'm sorry, that'll be our executive producers, along with our uh, the one you mentioned earlier. Yes, uh, along with Chad, uh, who will uh, be our uh, also be an associate executive producer and a special hot pocket producer, Chad Laston. Uh, actually, I'll read his note then. Uh, love the show, all the tedious hours of watching ugly people on C-SPAN that both of you endure. No Agenda is my pr- primary source for news and information topics, and you provide the means to further research the stories with your awesome show notes. I'd like a formal dedouching... Hold on a second. Here's a real You've been de-douched. And he says, I'd like to donate my karma to Adam and Mickey for the rest of the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. Safe journey to you both. Uh, and keep trying to get John C. Dvorak to make a stop on the tour. Uh, I think by donating my karma, it will provide even greater karma in the long run. Well, I, I appreciate it, but I'm going to boomerang that right back at you, my buddy. You deserve it. So here's the karma for Chad. You've got karma. It's a boomerang cha- uh, karma. By the by the way, what is our uh, what show? You, I, did we mess up the show numbers? Because Christian Winter will be member of the three two four club. But I thought last week was or the last show was the three. No, no, no. Show. We uh, we had John Turek and he donated three hundred and twenty four. But he meant to do three twenty three, and then I originally put three twenty four in the three twenty four club show notes. It was a it was a big mess. But today is three twenty four. Clerical error. Yes, I think. Wait, I think no, today is three twenty-four for sure. I think, isn't it? Well, I thought it was three twenty-five. <laughs> three twenty-five? No, it's definitely not three twenty-five. <laughs> All right, a couple of PR mentions. Um, uh, ATFLeaks dot com, which would be a site all unto its own, but is uh, currently forwarding to. Uh, NoAgendaShow.com. A, uh, a note uh, that I got uh, from one of our producers. Yesterday, it was only 111 days until 11-11-11, so very special Ooh. magic. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, we're getting there. And uh, members uh, who want to jump in on that 333 club, of course, uh, that's uh, where the big karma comes from. Uh, Tyler uh, forwarding Obama.me <laughs> to uh, NoAgendaShow.com. Not quite sure where the next one is good for, but NakedHostility.com. You never know. Uh, admins in love. Ask John what this is about. No, Adam is in love. I'm sorry. Adam is in love. dot com. Is there something I need to know about this? Uh, I forgot. But, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but I can tell you, it it actually relates to the fact that it, his comment to me was. This guy must really be in love because to go into an RV and take a long trip because he's done it too. Yeah. You have to be in love, and that was actually kind of the uh, the, the subtext of the Adam is in love dot com. Well, I'll tell you that is very interesting because and he's wondering you know who's going to first get stabbed. Well, let me let me t- give you a quick anecdote on that. Um, so you do learn more, and we we of course love each other deeply, and you know, but when you're in this little box together. Um, there's a lot of, you can't hide anything. Not that we ever did, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, just becomes very apparent. And, uh, <laughs> and both of us are broken. I need to take a shower. Yeah, that's one of them. But, uh, you know, Mickey has dyslexia. And she's told me she has dyslexia. Now, do you know what dyslexia is, John? I mean, I, I yeah, thought uh, I knew it. Mimi's got dyslexia. What is, do you know what, I mean, seriously, what is dyslexia? Just give it's me the, the one-liner. All these symbols flip. Yeah, that's what I thought. But when you actually, uh, and we, of course... Because, uh, you know, Mickey was like, uh, we got to j- go to Jerky Island. I'm like, Jerky Island? What are you talking about? 
and then you know, and and you know, she's producing everything, right? She's producing the meetups and where we're going next. And I'm just I'm just driving, sleeping, pooping, and doing the show. That's basically my job. And she's talking Not about all in the same place. I <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a multitasker. And uh, she's talking about Jerky Island. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, Jekyll Island, of course. You know, we were right near Jekyll Island, which is uh, where the, uh, the the private Federal Reserve was uh, uh, started over a hundred years ago, and screwing us to this day. I said, there's no R in Jekyll. How do you come up with that? She says, I, I have dyslexia. I said, no, dyslexia is like flipping stuff around. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you know, and, and of course, I, I made her feel bad by saying that. And um, so so she looks it up. And so wait a minute, you got on her case for saying jerk jerk island or whatever, and this is the, this is the beginning. that We'll be seeing this, the knife in somebody's no, shoulder. No, 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 shoulder. no. I mean, it, it's, she, um, so there's a number of things, you know, it's, it's just, it's hard for her geography. And by the way, this was, she'd never gl- reading glasses on and everything. You know, it, it doesn't make it any easier. But I'll tell you one thing. There is nothing funnier, John, than having someone with dyslexia read you the definition of dyslexia from Wikipedia. That is something you have to have Mimi do. It's hilarious. You just sit there and go, pff, 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 really? But no, man, dyslexia sucks. It includes, like, short-term memory loss. Uh, you know, it's complete uh, non-cognitive uh, uh, capabilities of, uh, of actually understanding sentences. It's not just flipping stuff around. It really sucks, and they don't really know you where it comes from. one line. You said, give me the one-line definition. What am I supposed to do? I can't go on and on like this. Did you know that, though? The, can, can, can Mickey do left from right? Um, you know, it's amazing. She has a, a very uh, savant capability of direction. But sometimes she she does mix up. She'll say left when she means right, but not when driving. Driving, she's great. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I was amazed. I thought it was just like, oh, you just mess up words and stuff. But it's like it's just, it's she's uh, handicapped. I should well, be. I, think I should, you should go on the uh, government uh, the dole. <laughs> I think we should get one of those parking spaces. At least we should be able to get a wheel. Well, she'll always be parking in the wrong one, though. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah, that was good. In I like that. All right. So uh, we thank everybody. Uh, oh, did I have one more? Yes. Uh, how many troops are home? Dot com. Uh, Eddie Keating forwarding <laughs> that. Yeah, that's a good one. That should be yeah, a site all to on its own uh, as well. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Right. I got all of our producers and uh, quick mention that Rhino the Bearded has been doing a, an audio version of uh, One Day in Gitmo Nation, the fine book uh, that is released all around the No Agenda memes. Uh, you can find that at uh, on the stream. Uh, com, and if you want to find all of the shows that are running at any given moment, go to podcast.nashownotes.com. And then, of course, thanks to our executive producer, James, from freehollowbooks.com, Brian Doerr, uh, James Howard, Christian Winter, and uh, associate executive producers, uh, Kenneth Mickelbust, and Steve Thompson, and, che- uh, sorry, and Chad uh, Laston. Uh, we appreciate what you're doing for us. Uh, you are keeping the show going, particularly during these summer months when it's really hard because people are out and not listening to the show in a way. I don't know why, but they're being programmed. And uh, and everyone else out there, something you can do is propagate our formula. It's pretty simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, slave.
you tell, by the way, I picked up a, a, a nasty so, head cold? Yeah, you, you sound like a little uh, congested. Oh. I want to mention to people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, yes. Dvorak, uh, or channeldvorak.com slash NA, and uh, also No Agenda Show and NoAgendaNation.com. Dvorak.org slash NA. Well, I guess we should talk about Norway. I guess uh, that's what the people have been waiting for. We've been stalling them. So, first of all, way too early. This is way too early to really figure anything out because uh, the first thing that happens is, I mean, the mainstream media, what a bunch of douche knuckles. I mean, really. CNN, BBC, everyone immediately, oh, Al-Qaeda, 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 Al-Qaeda. Squirrel! And then it's like, oh, lone wolf, lone wolf, lone wolf, lone wolf. Oh, be very afraid. Blonde hair, white guy. So th- there's so much disinformation. But the thing that amazes me, and I know you've seen exactly the same because I've followed some of the, uh, the email conversations, is people who are uh, either in Norway, and we have some great producers who live in Norway. Uh, in fact, uh, what's that guy? Uh, Sir Snorter Stein lives uh, up there in the North Pole, uh, Norway. Uh, and, you know, when you have 80, 90 people killed in a relatively small country, you're going to know someone. You know, everyone's relating to this very, very personally. And um, there is, and I have yet to find a single No Agenda producer who is not saying, no, man, this is just, this is just a radicalist. This is real. This is not a conspiracy theory. There's, there's like, no conspiracy behind this. This guy was real. He's nuts. You know, he's a radical, he hates Islam, blew it all up, killed the children. Yeah, he hates Islam, so he goes out and kills a bunch of white people that look like him. Yeah, it's, um, there's a couple of things that are very bothersome about this. And of course, there's just no way for us to form an opinion yet. However, once again, there was a terror security drill and exercise the day before in the very building where this happened. You knew this, right? No, I, you got me on that one. Oh, man. I'm like, really? I mean, You're always th- on the lookout for that particular piece of information. That's the one that, that immediately... I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't need to know anything else after that. Here it is. Uh, uh, this is according to... And I, I have had a lot of help from people uh, uh, translating stuff. Uh, the Often Post report anti-terror police fired explosive charges at a training center in Oslo 200 meters from the opera uh, however they forgot to notify the public so this was on Wednesday the exercise occurred uh, revolved around anti-terror units attacking a uh, disused building at the edge of and then I can't read it because the characters are messed up Tervika Pier I think with bombs and firearms <coughs> The men lowered themselves down from the roof into the window that had just been blown out while they fired their weapons. The report stated, noting the exercise dramatic produced uh, produced violent bangs and was watched by spectators spectators uh, nearby at the opera house. So, this seems to happen with enorm- enormous regularity uh, when there is something that we at least would consider to be a false flag is that there's some kind of exercise uh, in and around when it takes place. And so this once again happened. And that's that bothered me. Yeah, that would be bothersome. And then, uh, why does the mainstream media... I'm just looking at all the angles, right? Because I, I, I can't conclude anything yet, and I don't think you can either yet, John. But when, when a guy shows up 
in a police uniform, which of course the reporting is all over the map. One say he had a sweater on with a police badge. Someone else says, you know, these kids clearly thought he was police. If we uh, can believe the reporting, is there no one who says, "Hey, maybe it was police"? <laughs> I didn't see anyone question that. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's pretty funny. <laughs> no, but it's, seriously, it's like, well, could it have been a police officer? And then this guy, like, you know, really, like, he has kills. Well, I still am still baffled by the fact that he's got this manifesto written in English out of London with a different name. Yeah. That, What's the point? What's yeah. the point? Well, why? I mean, oh, well, and everybody in every news report says the same thing. They, they put the guy's name and Andrew Brevnik or whatever it is in the on the London uh, report. Uh, it's London. They said the anglicized version of his name. Why? Most I don't know how many Norwegians do you know? I mean, look, I don't know any that anglicized their name for the English audience and then have used another name and use two different names. Right. I mean, that went out in the 30s. I mean, it's, it's pointless. Um, so, so that's kind of befuddling. I mean, there's, lot, it, there's lots of things. I mean, the, in Norway, uh, just as in, uh, uh, in, uh, in many other countries, by the way, uh, there was a lot of testing of uh, LSD on, uh, on young children. You know, there's lots of reports about that. So, you know, by the way, not unlike Julian Assange. And how much does this guy look like Julian Assange? Yeah, he also looks like Paul Bronson. Who? Uh, if you if you knew what Paul Bronson looked like, you'd laugh. He looks just like him. Okay, uh, it's a novelist, uh, local local boy. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, we're gonna have to. It's gonna take us a few. First, we're gonna have to get through the uh, all the theories that are floating around crap. immediately from people like uh, Jones. Yeah. Which is oh, just, yeah. Now he makes he, no he, sense. He's going straight straight to the Illuminati. Um. There was another little irritating thing. There's this pilot, Ian Dutton, and uh, he's a young guy, and uh, he's a Continental Airlines pilot, and, you know, so I'm looking at this guy, because uh, uh, CNN had him on, and he said, and he's saying, oh, it's just like 9-11, you know, the built, there's pulverized dust, and he was, uh, he was in New York on 9-11, and he was interviewed then. He also turns up in Haiti, airlifting troops. Like this, is, this guy's like a media darling, and his 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 Twitter handle is Dark Pilot. You know, so I, it's just like you got to follow these people. You know, it's Dark like Pilot. That sounds like a CIA name. And yeah, and, and his uh, and his Twitter handle has got Airline Pilot and Subterranean. It's like what? So he's a he's a member of New York's uh, community board. It's the CB two Transportation Committee. I don't know. He's a, he calls himself a goth pilot. Yeah, it's just these people who happen to be around at uh, at these events. And then, of course, uh, and then my favorite is if you take the date of this horrific event, seven twenty two two thousand eleven. You add up the numbers. It of course equals thirty three. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make light of it, but. Here's the dark pilot that guy. I'm looking at his tweeters. His, yeah. And he says, yes, I'm in Oslo. Yes, I'm okay. And yes, that's me all over CNN. Yeah, notice he it? hasn't tweeted since uh, February before that. All of a sudden, he tweets one one line. Doesn't come back after that at all. Actually, give, it's worse than that. He hasn't tweeted since November 2010. There you go. 
I think the anti-bike backlash is overblown. Media hype. That cycling can be more neighborly. My CB2 meeting tonight. I mean, he's, he's tweeting on the 9th, November 9th, November 10th, November 9th, November, October 28th. He's tweeting, tweeting, tweeting. Then he stops completely. To get reprogrammed. And then the next thing you know, July 22nd, like over six, six seven, eight months later, he tweets as though he's uh, been tweeting all along. That's weird. Yeah, interesting. I'll keep an eye on him. But your assessment, John, I mean, I, I, to, to me, well, actually, I, my assessment is very simple. I think something's fishy. That's the best I can do. I got nothing. I looked around. I was looking at some of the reports. A lot of the stuff is screwy. A lot of the stuff, that, that manifesto of his is cut and paste. It showed up the day before. The wiki entry for his lawyer showed up. You can look at the history of the wiki. It never it was, the guy never existed until yesterday. And now he's like, I has a wiki page, the lawyer who also got right. somebody in, in the, he has one famous case and the person lost in the in jail. And, uh, I, I think it's good, and it, it's, a, it's removed from the United States, so we don't have access to anything. We don't know how their media works. We don't know what kind of system they're going to, how, they, how they, they're going to propagate their information. I don't know. It's going to take a while before it shakes out. I believe somebody will, some blogger or somebody will have a piece, a tidbit that will help us. Well, let, let me, here's, here's how I approach it, because I knew that, you know, this is really sensitive right now, yeah. And people are very hurt, and people are very shocked. It is shock and awe, and this is very handy because whenever these things take place, a lot of stuff happens. This is how he wound up with the Patriot Act, which turns out was written and ready to go uh, years before. All these kind of weird things happen. So, what does this distract from? Well, it distracts from what we are calling a CIA versus M- uh, MI6 war with Murdoch. Off the map, done, over, won't even hear about it anymore. Hackgate, yesterday's news. I don't think that'll come back. I think that's over. I think that's very convenient. I'm just saying that's very convenient. Now, Norway, although it does, it is a member of NATO and does participate, it is actually participating in the Libyan bombings, not a member of the EU. Norway, by the way, also had... Don't they have all the oil? Don't they have tons of oil, John? The, 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 they got tons of oil, which is, of course, a giveaway of, you know, action t- takes place around oil. The other thing is this this manifesto and all this other stuff seems to be EU-centric, and it seems of any place you're going to do something like this, Norway's not even in the EU, and this is all about the EU and the multi-culty EU. Exactly. Take over. That's so that, why that it's wrong. It, so, the, 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 you know, this is not a very well-put-together whatever it is. So Even listen, by, I mean, if the, if the guy's just a, a lone wolf nutcase, just like everyone wants to believe that it wrote this manifesto, he's he's targeting the wrong people. He's doing it. The it's it, the whole thing is bad. So it doesn't make any sense. So if you wanted to do something that would affect the EU, but didn't necessarily involve the EU, Norway would be perfect. You know what I'm saying? So if you wanted to tighten security and uh, make more of a police state around the EU than it already is, and if you wanted to cover up a couple of events which just took place, and I did find one rather important, um, it would be perfect to do something like this in Norway because we don't, you know, this is not, it's not really an EU thing, right? Isn't they're not really a member state? We really feel bad and ah oh, shucks and all that, and but uh, we got to make sure this doesn't happen at home. 
here in the EU, and we got to be on the lookout for these right-wing radicals, and they want to kill everybody, and here's this manifesto about the multi-culti society, which uh, is definitely uh, something that's being discussed all across Europe. We recently talked about uh, the Netherlands actually officially stepping back, uh, saying this multicultural society doesn't really work. But something happened um, around Christine Lagarde and the Greek bailout, uh, and actually, I have a clip. Uh, let's see how long we can stand this. Um, but something very important took place, and I believe that this is well. I'm, I'm pretty. I know that it's this is off the radar because of this event. No one's going to be talking about what has actually happened in Europe. I was very impressed. Well, it's great to hear there was such a great spirit. But just looking at the detail of what was decided, debts are being rescheduled, the amount to be repaid is being reduced, the interest rates are being taken down. It is some kind of default, surely. You can't uh, prevent members of the Eurozone to actually decide that they're going to reduce the interest rate simply because they want to make sure that one of the partners who has been under severe attack, uh, who has uh, delivered under the program so far, uh, needs to be supported and needs help. And that's really what happened tonight. What I found really most amazing is the collective resolve to actually continue to support countries until such time when they regain access to market, provided that they deliver under the program. And I think it's a combination of give and take. You deliver, you do what you have to do, and we will back you. So what has happened here is they, they greatly expanded the, uh, the Eurozone bailout for Greece and in effect, by leaving the banks out of it, they still had this, well, it's a voluntary. You, if you want to give, give us your money, yeah, right. Like, who in their right mind is going to do that? Like, no one. They've effectively created what they always wanted, the collective fiscal and monetary union of the EU. So, this settlement, which they've now put together, which happened just in this, in this very same days that this atrocity has taken place, if it's accepted by each of the individual member states' parliaments, you, we will actually, you can mark this in history, is the day that Europe became, a, no longer is it a collection of nation states, it is one economic government, one currency, they have one, we have one foreign policy for the EU. The integration is so complete. Taxpayers will be paying their tax to Brussels. This is all taking place right now, right in front of their eyes, and no one is paying attention to it. It's even worse. The EU has now said that every European has to have a basic bank account without overdrafts, and it has, it'll have a set fee. The European Commission, Starfleet Command, is commanding this within six months. And it's a special 18-digit bank number, okay? This is it, people. This is where it takes place. You're going to be forced to use the EU bank. That's where your money will have to go in for your plastic money. And it's a shutdown of all your freedom based upon your money. And, of course, no one is really reporting on this. No, there's other things to report on. Things that are more superficial. I want to mention a couple of other things about this Norway situation. Uh, one is, where's Obama? Yeah, that's uh, it's where he received his Nobel Prize. I know, but generally speaking, anytime anything happens that we've noticed over the past two years, 
something, you know, somebody stubs their toe somewhere. Obama's there to give condolences. He goes on to network TV and he gives us a little talk saying, we're sorry this happened. Where yeah, is he? I, I think, you know what I think? I think the U.S. had nothing to do with this. This, this is, I think that, uh, you know, the CIA so jumped only shows up when he's, when he's <laughs> in the script. Yeah. I mean, Hey, he didn't get a casting call. There was not like, you know, he didn't, he didn't know where his trailer was, any of that. He didn't know what to do. Like, right. Uh, so he did nothing. Yeah. Also, this character was the was a member of that Labor Party that that he shot up, which is underreported, by the way. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, you know what? Here's the, here's the here's the basic bottom line. I know of only one entity that has the soullessness and the uh, and the evilness to kill children in cold blood, and that is a government. Our government does it. We're killing kids and civilians with drones everywhere. So the only entity I know that that had the con- that is so gutless to do this is a government or uh, controlling a drone. This guy could have been MK Ultra. He could have been anything. Yeah, we'll find out in the weeks ahead. Yeah, weeks, uh, months. Or what? Yeah, it might be longer because uh, yeah, again, it's just, and the guys admitted. You know, they're going to try to get this thing done with quick. Yeah, it's going to be like a Timothy McVeigh thing. The guy's going to be found guilty and, and then shot immediately. I mean, they, you know, they, right, who right. knows what would have happened if McVeigh was just given life in prison. Yeah, you know, yeah. And they're already saying that, right? They're already saying McVeigh. It's uh, uh, all the U.S. news reports. This guy was just like Timothy McVeigh. He wasn't. But um, turns out his father was a diplomat uh, in uh, in the UK for Norway. So he's got diplomatic ties. I mean, this is all the... this is. It's like, well, you, we're going to start seeing all of this. So, uh, okay, well, well, we'll continue to follow it. Now, w- back to the English thing. I got an interesting email from someone. I get... I'm like you. I got a couple of contacts that have observations that are worth repeating. And this one's interesting. This is an interesting theory about the two dead guys. That showed up. Oh, the uh, the whistleblowers. Yeah, the two dead whistleblowers. Yeah, I'm just going to read this straight up, and you can take it for what it's worth, which could be anything. Here's the next shoe to drop. He used Russians out of work from the FSB. We're talking about the uh, Murdoch, the people of uh, the, the Murdoch operation. Uh, both in London and New York, no tinfoil hats. I know this from personal knowledge of people who worked for him. That's why that guy turning up dead in London without cause is noteworthy. Okay, maybe there was evidence at the scene that points to a cause of death, but they're dismissing it as not suspicious before the autopsy had even been completed was kind of BS. I'm not saying that Murdoch would pull the lever for a guy like that to get killed, but a lot of these Russian plumbers take initiatives in expectation to collect on a favor at a later date, and it's even possible somebody pulled a Thomas Beckett on the guy, example, saying, gee, what could we ever do to make this guy stop in someone's presence? Oh, right. Well, so uh, Russians, there you go. <laughs> Russians using XKGB guys. Perfect. Yeah, that's what you do. The guys know what they're doing. Yeah, you, and they you, wouldn't have any qualms about killing these guys. No, no. By the way, you asked the question about Andy Coulson, uh, the question that uh, Cameron wouldn't answer about who uh, who had cleared him. Right. Only one organization, according to uh, our producer, Robert, uh, in the UK, all, and he knows, and I know why he knows, 
In the UK, all home office government security is carried out by the Defense Vetting Agency. Uh, that's the Foreign Office uh, and uh, the MI6. No one else. Oh. So it's it's all inside. Yeah. Well, but, that makes sense. And, Why did the guy insist on having him say that, though? Uh, to open it up. I mean, you know, th- there's, there's yeah, warring guess. gangs all over the place. The world is not pretty good. Heavy, pretty heavy-duty warring gangs. Yeah, well, the, the, the world is not good. It's bad stuff. Well, Everywhere. There's a lot of money involved. Billions and billions of dollars. Uh, one more from the... Uh, throwing back to last week. You were questioning why Paul Sarbanes of uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, why he was uh, fighting so hard for Cyprus? Yeah, somebody says he's Greek. Yeah, exactly. He's Greek. His parents uh, are both Greek. So there you go. The Cyprus thing still needs to be further explored. It's all Russians. It's all yeah. it's all the money is there. It's all the Russian stuff. By the way, I've been going to Russian sources to try to dig into this Norway thing. I bet you some in- interesting information crops up uh, uh, shortly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I can feel that people are like, oh, how come they don't have it all figured out? You know, we couldn't have figured anything out about 9-11 on 9-12. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it just happened the other day. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so much disinformation, but, but make no mistake, the U.S. knew nothing about it. That's why Obama didn't show up. He gave a short little mention while he was meeting some other dude. You know, our heart goes out, whatever. Um you know, and he did reference the fact that he was there, and the, and the you know, Norwegian people are so nice, and blah blah blah. Nothing else. Uh, the fact that the CIA immediately took advantage and told all of their handlers, you know, go propagate Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda, because um, uh, that's what the, the, everybody, everyone jumped on Al Qaeda, and then it turns out it's not an Al Qaeda guy, and then it's back to the lone wolf. So everyone's just taking advantage of it, but you know. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it, would, maybe it does have something to do with the Russians. But it's definitely not just some crazy dude who writes this manifesto and puts out this nutty video. Please. And I know it hurts. <laughs> video. And, yeah. and why is it in English? Didn't you? I've talked to these, our, some of our contacts in Norway, and they, they were, well, you know, because it's more universal language, you'll get more people to read it. And, I mean, whose side are they on, I mean, to, to be saying this? It's a, I thought this was about, you know, it's about the EU. Even it's about the EU, why is it in English? I mean, the whole thing is just crazy. You know, then you pull in the, the Knights Templar and the Freemasons, and, oh, come on. This is, like, this is like built to make people like Alex Jones go crazy. But I think, yeah, it's a, totally. I think it's a lot simpler. But for sure, for sure, for sure, false flag. That I'm definitely I'm convinced of. It has, it, particularly with you know, training exercises, the fact that, it, that they're not in the EU and this guy's manifesto is talking about the EU, no way. It's just—it's very bothersome, and, and and I feel bad. I just—I feel horrible about what happened. You just imagine these kids, man. That's—that sucks. Yeah, we need some guy who's shooting up the place. It's ridiculous. But luckily, luckily, we can focus all our attention on Amy Winehouse. Well, she got dead. You know, the funny thing is that be, because of all this other cool stuff going on, I don't mean cool in the sense that it's it's, it's admirable. But these things, I mean, cool in the sense that it attracts a lot of media attention. She got short-sheeted. <laughs> she got gypped. She got totally gypped. <laughs> well, actually, she didn't because she's now a member of the 27 Club. 
So that that you live on in perpetuity. You know about the Twenty Seven Club, right? All those people died at the age of twenty seven. Yeah, like Kurt Cobain and uh, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Um, you know, lots of gr- lots of good ones. All died when they were twenty seven. But to me, you know, there's two things. One, um, I feel, you know, it's, it's like. I, I see all the Twitter messages and everyone, you know, like, oh, and yeah, I loved her music too. She was an enormous talent. But, you know, no one was like lying in front of her door saying, Amy, 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 I'm such a big fan. I'm going to straighten you out. I'm taking you to rehab. I'm taking you to, to get you fixed. You know, it's always like, you know, we love the train wreck, right? And I think most people don't know it, but they're sad because the train wreck is over. And everyone who was, you know, was. Was laughing just as loud about her crazy antics on stage when she was all messed up. It was a part of the whole thing. It's a reality show. So I feel bad about that. And then what I really feel bad about is I go, you know, I do it often. I go to the Department of Defense website and I see that, you know, another seven uh, young boys and girls got killed in Afghanistan and Iraq this week. And no one knows their names. No one knows what's going on. No one gives a crap. You know, they're there for senseless wars in, in the sand, and they don't even know why they're there. Those people we don't talk about. So, and that just it upsets me, because I'm like, how screwed up are we? Or, I don't know, a million Iraqis that got killed? You know, uh, people in, uh, in Libya that are being bombed every single day? Children that we, we don't know, we don't care? <coughs> Hold on a second. You know what I need? I need the, this one. So, yeah, I feel bad that we lost a great talent. And, of course, uh, her new album will be out soon on Universal. <laughs> more worth more dead than alive. Absolutely. Universal. Uh, I think Universal will now win the bid to uh, take over EMI because uh, they just announced that. You know, they're fighting. Uh, it's KKR versus Universal, <laughs> I think. And, uh, you know, they're both coming out with their bids this week. So now we know that uh, Universal will have an extra little bump in income from uh, the back catalog and the new album. So it dismays me. It really does. I'm very upset about, uh, about how screwed up we are as a society, what's important. So let's get to some clips. Go for it. I got one here. You, you, you're, you're familiar with the comedian Tracy Jordan? Yeah, he's from... Tra- I'm sorry, Tracy Morgan. Is it Tracy yeah, Morgan? Yeah, he's from uh, 30 yeah. Rock. Yeah, and he's been around for a while. He's, he's, he got... He, listen to the Tracy Morgan clip that I, where he's on with Justice Napolitano, and he's just babbling about something. And, and tell me if you can make heads or tails of it. The richness that is in the Old and the New Testament to share in this sacrifice. Let me ask And you, sacrifice is what it is. How many Democrats... <laughs> have you seen him on 30 Rock? Have you seen the show? So, because um, he, he's not acting, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, that wasn't uh, Tracy Jordan or Tracy Morgan. It wasn't? Who was that? Play it again. See if you can figure it out. Oh, this was a trick. It's, of the richness that is in the Old and the New Testament to share in this sacrifice. Let me ask and you. sacrifice is what it is. How many Democrats? What's that congressman's name again? That, uh, that's probably a politician. Yes, what's his name? That squeaky voice congressman from New York. Who is... Let me hear it again. Unfortunately, I'm thinking Tracy Morgan so much, I can't think of his name. 
Well, the, 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 the joke is not good if you can't give me the real guy's name. Well, I, I know. I just blew the punchline. I'm realizing that as we speak. You suck. Right. The richness that is in the Old and the New Testament to share in this sacrifice. Charlie yes, Wrangle. Sacrifice yeah, is what it is. Uh, it's what it is. Hello, Miss Lemon. It's like Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Hello, Miss Lemon. It's, a, it's a, in the Old and the New it's Testament. My, you see that my daughter or Buzz killed Junior that noticed this. <laughs> You're watching this. You listen to this guy. <clears throat> but he was drunk. No, yeah, of course. All these guys are drunk. It's hilarious to watch these. You That's watch great. The shows they're late after five o'clock. These guys are plastered. I love it. That's great. <laughs> that Charlie Wrangle. Uh, you know who else was drunk? Tom Coburn was drunk. Oh, he was totally. He was. He was shit faced. So um, Obama, uh, our president, comes out with his uh, his uh, his podcast, the uh, Obama podcast, Obamacast. And uh, he and he said something. You know, when words matter to me, so when something says something, I I, I go and check it out. So he's talking about uh, how awesome uh, Tom Coburn is. That's the heart of this approach. Yes, serious cuts balanced by some new revenues, and it's been the position of every Democratic and Republican leader who has worked to reduce the deficit, from Bill Clinton to Ronald Reagan. In fact, earlier this week, one of the most conservative members of the Senate, Tom Coburn announced his support for a balanced, bipartisan plan that shows promise. And then a funny thing happened. He received a round of applause from a group of Republican and Democratic senators. That's a rare event in Washington. So there will be plenty of haggling over the details in the days ahead. But this debate boils down to a simple choice. Yeah. So um, I go on C-SPAN.com, and I go looking because I want to see this applause. I think that's interesting. You know, don't just tell me that, President. I'm going to go look it up. Well, I, I would, if anyone can find it for me, then please defy me. Because the guy goes on for like 40 minutes. He's got his charts. He's got all his stuff out there. Um, and let me play the, the beginning of his... Uh, of his he's, the guy is confused. And he's talking about having a debate about, what is it called now? Cap, cover, and duck? Cap cover and duck. <laughs> Cap cover and duck. Yeah, we're calling it now. <laughs> I saw the. I saw, tried to watch this. I saw it on, on on real time, and I I found it was just like oh, you know. I had to find something else to watch. Yeah. How how sad are our lives? Like I'm in an RV rolling through the beautiful countryside of America, and I'm watching this guy. You're at home in the beautiful uh, uh, northern Silicon Valley, watching it real time. Listen to what he says, though. I mean, he the t- guy is a total douchette. So come Saturday morning, when members of the Senate vote against proceeding... So, did you hear what he just said? He says, come Saturday morning, when members of the Senate vote against... It's like, does he already know the outcome? Apparently, it's rigged. I mean, he's literally... I think he means to say, when we vote about... No, vote. no, that's not what he said. He says, literally, when we vote against it. Members of the Senate will vote against it. Colleague from Delaware. My Oops, sorry. Uh, this one. Here we go. So come Saturday morning, when members of the Senate vote against proceeding to cut cap and balance. So, so I guess he knows the outcome. They will display either courage or cowardice. And I'm not talking about simple words. There's only one plan that has passed the House of Representatives that 
raises the debt limit, and addresses what is said to be need by, needed by the rating agencies. And that's cut cap and balance. And to not, not to allow a vote to proceed, not to allow proceeding to that debate. What? Yeah, exactly. This is, I'm, I'm listening to this guy, I'm like, what? He doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> that, play that little bit again where he's just making no sense. Pass the Sounds House like Tracy of Rep- Jordan. Representatives <laughs> that raises the debt limit and addresses what is said to be need by, needed by the rating agencies. Ah, that- okay. The only thing he's saying, and this is what caught me, the only thing this vote is about is what is needed by the rating agencies. It's not about you and I. It doesn't care about you. It doesn't care no, about no, me. Actually, this, this is about you and I and it, because you're the one that predicted. <laughs> you watch. I'm still predicting it. Moody's okay, is, we're still going to get it down, Craig. I got it down twice. I'm not putting All it right. in the book this time. All right, time. Coburn, Coburn, if you're listening to the show, get the script right. It's the House of Representatives that raises the debt limit and addresses what is said to be need by, needed by the rating agency. Addresses what is said to be needed. I mean, the guy, this is, it's so much bull crap. And this guy is a total egghead. So uh, let me play you the last 30 seconds of this fantastic, this enormous... Uh, and please, if, if the applause happens somewhere else, please find the clip for me, because this is what I got. Colleague from Delaware... My one of my great friends, and you don't you hear that said a lot here, but he is a great friend. It's not the conventional, just common greeting. And I uh, believe I'm over my time. I will be back to the floor to finish this conversation. But America needs to know we don't have any problem we can't fix. What we lack is leaders who will fix it. That's our deficit. It's a deficit of courage. It's a deficit of will. And with that, I yield the floor. And he throws down his mic. Madam President. A smattering of applause. I don't hear it. Uh, Yeah. I I did hear very clearly what he meant to say, though. A little interview with uh, Russia Today where uh, he explains very clearly what this is all about. What domestic programs get cut? Uh, well, it goes across. There's $80 billion in the Defense Department. I can't remember the breakdown of each of them, but it comes to $500 billion. But what specific programs? What do the American people need to know? Well, they haven't put that in. In fact, Senator Coburn says they could cut up to $5 trillion from the federal budget, and Americans wouldn't feel it at all. The last time they made cuts, almost $38 billion, here's the list. It's food for women and children. It's helping the poor heat their homes. It's environmental protection. It's a really long list. The point is, is where's the efficiency in that? The actual service going to people isn't going to decline. The people sucking off the program are going to be the ones that lose. There you go. If you're sucking off the program, if you're one of the people sucking off the program, you're a losing. You know, like welfare moms. Hey, you're sucking off the program. You lose. Guy's an idiot. Well, there's. Uh, I was catching. I've watched the hearings on. They have three new guys: an army guy, a navy guy, and a air force guy. They're going to be moving into the joint chiefs of staff office, including the new head of the army, the new uh, assistant to a Mullen, and someone else. Uh-huh. 
So they were grilling them uh, in, in front of the Senate, and the Senate was, it, and it was just a boat. These guys have already been picked; they're hand picked, right? Yeah, and they're they're already in. So uh, so what did we get, but we get to watch this grilling, which is not even a grilling; it's basically um, letting the somebody know what's really going to happen over the uh, next few years, including uh, obviously the path to Persia. Uh huh. In, with uh, by asking bullcrap leading questions, and let me just uh, play a couple of these clips. Uh, let's start with Lieberman, who's hinting about Iran with questions that are. He's not even asking questions. He's giving a speech, and the guy has to agree with. Your career as vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs, I wanted to ask you to comment on. Uh, do you agree with Secretary Panetta and uh, Admiral Mullen about uh, uh, about this behavior by Iran? Sir, I absolutely agree with it, um, and um, I would not want to take away any uh, options or anything like that, but I would say that they are testing our patience to be sure. And we always would use force as a last resort. There are plenty of instruments of national power that can be applied, but uh, it's a very serious problem, and I fully support what Secretary Panetta and Chairman Mullen said about it. Well, I, I thank you for your statement, and um, I, I don't have to say to any of you, because you've been on the battlefield and you know how important it is but we, we've now escalated our identification of what the iranians are doing <laughs> and i think if they don't stop uh, our credibility with them and a lot of others in the region if not the world uh, is going to go down if we don't do something about it so, save uh, lose face yeah, you know what's interesting if you watch enough c-span you catch on to this that in, in just all about all of these congressional and uh, senate testimony hearings all of these guys on the dais, they all pontificate and they all say they're trying to get the sound bite right, yeah. and because they know they know that someone's recording it somewhere, and they say these things, and all the witness really has to do, and if they're a friendly witness, which is the way it is ninety nine percent of the time, is just say, well, yes, that's absolutely correct, sir. Yeah, that's what they say. In fact, here's Lindsey Graham, kind of heading in the same direction, trying to set up. He doesn't even let the guy really answer. He just continues going on. But again, path to Persia. This is a, you know, we're going to attack Iran. Certainly, I believe, slowed them down. But uh, there's more pressure, I think, that could be and, and probably should be applied eventually. as they In terms of the threats we face in the future, if Iran acquired a nuclear capability, what kind of threat and what would be the likely consequences of that event to our national security? I think it would be grave if they acquired a nuclear weapon and the ability to deliver it. Right. Uh, and, of course, we need to watch that very, very carefully and pace that so that we can... Uh, and that count. takes us to missile defense and other... And, and to suppress the Iranian nuclear threat uh, could would require some pretty sophisticated military capability. Do you agree with that? Yes, sir. That the idea of attacking Iran with a single strike and neutering their nuclear capability if the president chose to do that is probably not going to happen. It'd be a more sustained effort if that if we went. Oh man. I would not want to rule anything out, Senator, right. at this point. But it That's would be why F thirty fives and F twenty twos become important. The important that that's right. The F-35 important. And the F twenty two certainly represent a very important capability. That's why air refueling capability becomes important. That's why oh. bases in the region become important. Wow. So the reason I ask these questions is to get to what kind of threats the, the nation faces. Oh yeah, I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. It gets better. Oh, no. Now, Lindsey Graham, to, to, this is the one I think they're going to... This is a meme that I expect to see pulled out, which is that 
our military, we're not really spending that much on military. No, so, not at all. <laughs> so play Lindsey Graham on the GDP defense spending game he plays with the guy from the Navy. This is. Let me guess, this is a, a game of the shell where you don't know where the marble is? You'll see. So my question for all of you, is it fair to use GDP spending on defense as a guide to what's sufficient? Is that a good measuring device? Senator, I think it's an indicator, a comparative indicator, but it's also very often comparing apples to oranges. I mean, if you look at what we spent as a percentage of GBT in World War II, it doesn't even compare to what we're spending right. now. And Secretary Gates identified GDP as a benchmark for defense spending. I associate myself with that. And when you look at World War II spending, you're right. We went up to 42% at the height of the war of GDP. Korea was 8.23 to 13 Vietnam was 7.65 to 10.8. In 2010, we're spending 5.78% of our GDP on defense. So if you believe it is a benchmark, would you agree that's on the low end of conflicts in recent memory? I would say factually it is on the low end GDP-wise. Yes, Why? Would you agree that we have never spent so little money on killing brown We're people? We're spending in, nothing. Right? Killing brown people in the sand? I mean, I mean, we got them drones. They don't take no pilots. We got them, them Hellfire missiles. They just go all day. You don't even have to aim them. It costs nothing to do it. It's cheap. Cheap, 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 I tell you. We just kill people. We need to spend more. I think we should be spending more. To, you know what? You know what? We need to go kill some more people. Where can we? Uh, how about Iran? We could we're, one, uh, one missile. It, what? We're spending half as much as we did in Vietnam, so we have to double how much we're spending. Basically, this is just a, a setup for a huge public scam. Yeah. And they're going to try to keep pointing out this. This is a World War II thing. Now, <laughs> these numbers, I think, are somewhat bogus. In fact, the, the Navy guy is very good at, at kind of, uh, you know, at giving these vague answers that is a kind of an agreement, but not completely. Yeah. And I was very interested in, in him. But let's play another one, um, which is, there's one I missed, unfortunately. McCain. McCain. Well, I do have the McCain one. This, this is a little different. This is McCain showboating, uh, basically, that he's a tough question. Now, this is, this, I, I was watching this saying, why is this weird to me? And I realized that McCain, who's a softballer, never says anything that's important. He never really dr drills down on anyone. But he's drilling down on this guy who's already pre-approved. So, so now that the guy is already in, this, this Army guy... Um, I get well, this may be the Air Force guy. He decides to get tough. Yeah, and, and I take drills I, down on the edge. But it's bull crap. <laughs> this is a this is a complete fraud interview. He just makes the guy answer. You know, you'll see. Check this out. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, General Frazier, to follow up on uh, Chairman Levin's uh, question about the uh, what would happen if uh, Pakistan cut off the supply routes, what percent of our logistics now goes through Pakistan? Sir, it's my understanding that approximately 35 percent uh, moves through the ground and the uh, others uh, moving through the northern distribution network coupled with uh, also lift as, uh, as we bring in supplies by air. If you, if you have to, uh, how, how long would it take you to make up for that 35 percent? Suppose tomorrow Pakistan shut off those supply routes. How long would it take you to uh, adjust to get, keep the same level of uh, logistics into Afghanistan? 
Sir, if uh, confirmed, I'll uh, certainly uh, delve deeply into that. I have not looked at the details of that. It can't plan. be right away. You know that, that much about it. Yes, sir. So there would be a period of time where we would not have the normal logistic supply. Sir, I, in uh, my visits to the theater, I see uh, the stock are false? up. Is that true or false? There would be a period where we would not... He's on the same side and he's dogging the guy. Yeah. What is the point? He's, he's like, just hey, showing he's tough. No, hold on a second. I gotta... <clears throat> Bullshit. No, the horrible man. A horrible man. Wait a minute. He's almost as bad. Unless there's, you want me to play the rest of this clip, or yeah, because you're going to get one more example. Oh, okay, good, just good, good. Double, yeah, yeah. Just to prove it. Double right, good, prove it. Good, Be good. Able to maintain the same level of supply. That's true, sir. And um, if we have to use airlift, airlift is approximately four or five times as expensive as the present mode of ground transportation, right? Sir, we uh, are doing everything we can to reduce the cost through the intermodal. Is it true that it's three or four or five times ex more expensive to, to use air to, to carry this uh, these logistics than the present mode of overland? Sir, I will uh, delve deeply into those cost figures. I don't have them <laughs> off the top of my head. It is more expensive to go by air. Uh, thank you. Uh, Admiral Winterfeld. Oh, by thank, thank you. Uh, by the way, what's funny with both McCain and Lindsey Graham... Uh, they give, they do their little showboat thing, and then they bail. Yeah, yeah we're out. At the end of the hearing, there's just the one guy, yeah. eleven. The yeah, they, they, they just come in for the media exposure. Yeah, he's yeah. just sitting there by himself. So then we have uh, Spokeshole Carney. Oh this, yeah, this was a great one, Jay Carney, who looks like he looks like a lawyer. I mean, I have nothing against lawyers, but it kind of looks like James Spader-type lawyer, like a real shyster. And he's, you know, he's he, like... He yeah. actually look, does look like a Hollywood actor. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, actor. There you go. That's better. Uh, he says something unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Two things remain uncontestably true. Now, when you hear that, that when I hear someone say, something remains uncontestably true, my ears perk up. Oh, Really? Tell us, what is it, James? The economy is vastly improved from what it was <laughs> when Barack Obama was sworn into office as president. What? We <laughs> Have you ever taken an RV tour through America, Mr. Carney? Uh, Are you kidding me? It is vastly improved. Vastly we haven't. It's never been this good. We're in economic freefall. There were predictions that we were headed to the second Great Depression. Yeah, predictions. We were losing up to over 700,000 jobs a month. We were contracting at greater than 6%, our economy was. Uh-huh. So the economy has improved. <laughs> it has but it not nice. improved. And the guy's like, what? hey, hey, hey. That's the, and they, she just talks right over him. Improved enough. Well, there's no question that we face headwinds, and the president oh. has been uh, very direct about that. And headwinds. we need to, to take do everything headwinds. we can. Yeah, headwinds. It, it gets better. It gets better. Headwinds. Hey, John, do you feel that? That's that. That's not your. That's not your wallet empty. That's just a headwind. It's just a little headwind. Shut up and live the American dream of just getting by. Across the front, uh, to ensure that we're doing what we can to. Spur growth, spur job creation. Part of that is doing the work he's doing this week and last week and, and, and probably next week. Now, what, what do you think our president does 
about our economy. He said it himself many times, and of course, uh, Spokeshole is privy to all the scripts. Plays uh, golf? No, not well. Yeah, that too. To try to achieve a significant deficit, deficit reduction uh, deal with uh, Congress that does not uh, restrain growth, does not undermine the recovery that we have, uh, but strengthens it. So, and allows us to continue to invest in the key areas that will allow us to grow and create jobs. Now. Uh, but what remains obvious is to, to, to him and to everyone is that this economy is nowhere near where it needs to be. That's why he is uh, focused every day. He wakes up every day and, and goes to sleep every night thinking about the fact that uh, he will not rest. He will not <laughs> cease in his efforts to grow the economy and create jobs until he knows that every American who's looking for a job. That's what he does. He gets up every day and goes to bed every day. And he thinks about us. I really appreciate it. Unbelievable. Really, really, so, uh, really unbelievable. I, was, I found that other clip I wanted to play before we go off the topic completely. This was also another show uh, um, kind of uh, indicator of what we can expect besides the path to Persia mm-hmm. insofar as uh, our future is concerned. And this is a, uh, a woman who is a senator from New Hampshire named Kelly Aott or some such thing, A-Y-O-T-T. And she is uh, like a Republican hawk of the worst kind. And she, essentially, she's a, basically making these new guys say that we not only need Gitmo, but we might even need another Gitmo. And uh, this will this is kind of all the indication we need that uh, Obama's promise to shut down Gitmo is is never going to happen. Play Keep the Gitmo safe. forever. Admiral Winnefeld, uh, if confirmed to be the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you will have a very important role in advising the chairman, the secretary of defense and the president regarding a variety of the Department of Defense policies. Uh, in your written testimony, you discussed al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, as well as al-Shabaab, and you called al-Qaeda a growing threat to our homeland and noted that al-Shabaab is planning to conduct attacks against United States interests in East Africa. Uh, during the hearing on June 28th, I had the opportunity to ask Vice Admiral McRaven if it would be helpful Ten years into the war on terror to have a designated long-term detention and interrogation facility for terrorists from groups like al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula and al-Shabaab. He said that he thought it would be very helpful. What is your opinion about that? Uh, And I I would share, I think, both Secretary Panetta's and Bill's opinion on that, that it would be helpful to have a long-term detention facility. <laughs> it's become the shish kebab. The shish kebab, these shish kebab guys are scary. We need a long-term detention facility for the shish kebabs. Al-Shabaab, Al-Shabaab. cropping up in the... Yeah, uh, yeah the I've noticed that, too. I've noticed that. Meanwhile, uh, Lucifer is building her own private army. The State Department uh, is building a five and a half thousand man and perhaps woman strong army of contractors set to take over and provide security after the U.S. military leaves in Iraq for the uh, for that huge shopping mall we've built known as the embassy. Um, however, it is kind of interesting that the State Department is withholding information. Um, there's a there's been several FOIA requests and uh, they're just not answering it. He's not saying anything, but it's all. It's so you know we get our troops out, 
but then we turn around and we take the same amount of money, if not more, and we go and hire Z and, and other contractors like that, trigger-happy guys to stand around and shoot people when they get too close. We're, we're just... I, I'm so sad, man. We're just... We're, we're a bunch of warmongering crazies. Well, that's... A, yeah, ever since World War One, we've... Uh, obviously, we, we seem to be a trigger-happy. Someone should do uh, something about that. Yeah, yeah. What difference? It's too late. We just have to, you know, figure out how to stay out of the way. You know, uh, um, uh, Nico, uh, Nico had a pretty good. Uh, he said, you know, we we need to start the way we take back control for ourselves is we start with the food. We've all got it. The food is how we're going to be controlled at the end. I and mean, I think you and I have followed the Codex Alimentarius closely enough to know that that is actually happening. Um. And, and growing our own food and uh, finding ways to share it and to sell it to each other is much more important than anything else we can do. Uh, i got to tell you, there's a lot of unhealthy unhealthy human resources in this country, boy. Well, especially down in the South. Yeah. Where the, if you actually go to a grocery store down there, you could really eat well in the South. I mean, they have more fruits and vegetables, especially in Florida and Georgia. Actually, Alabama, too. Uh, I mean, you can do well, but uh, people just seem to want to eat just pork fat. So we have a little Bay Area news I want, might want to run by you. This is a classic San Francisco. You're missing San Francisco. Yeah, I'm missing it real bad. Yeah, check this out. You play this Bay Area news and tell me what you think. There's another developing story tonight, a new revelation in a controversial police shooting. San Francisco police now say they did not fire the fatal bullet that killed 19-year-old Kenneth Harding. In fact, he might have shot himself. But there's a big mystery. Where's the gun? Wait a minute. Who is this? this, this who is this? Some guy. There was like a Hunter's Point shooting. There was a shootout. And so they finally decided that this guy shot himself, but they can't find the gun. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is how I'll go out. This is classic. Curry shot him. Curry shot himself without yeah. a gun. Yeah, without a gun. He shot himself without a gun. So, <laughs> so, so, so this has become a big scandal locally, and everyone's oh, moaning mean. and groaning about it. And now they've seemed to have phonied up some photo. They now they, the claim is well, the, he did have a gun. He shot himself, and the gun flew out of his hand after he shot himself. And then it landed somewhere nearby, and somebody picked the gun up and ran off with it because yeah. they're looking for free guns on the street. And even and so they've got, but it was cordoned off, so it just seemed unlike because there was a big shootout. Who's going to be around this area, right? There's people shooting at each other. This guy's shooting there, shooting him or whatever. Nobody's going to be hanging around, but you know you'd be out of there, right? Uh, so yeah. they, I believe they phonied up. They finally came up with a photo. That shows the dead guy there, and then Hold, a, holding with a photoshopped gun in his no, hand. No, photoshopped gun on the ground <laughs> nearby that disappeared. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it the ministry ends. of truth. It's great. No, I love it. Hey, I was. I think we were both very wrong on one thing, though, and this is surprising to me. Don't ask. Don't tell. Certified. Don't ask, don't tell, certified? Yeah, it's been certified. So in 60 days from now, the repeal act of don't ask, don't tell goes into effect. And uh, if you're gay, then uh, you can let everyone know about it. And you can get into the army if you're known to be gay or bisexual. Or in the military, I should say. You know, just for, I hate to say I had a a brain fart, but just for a second there, I was thinking, see something, say something. (laughs) No. 
Too many of these things to keep track of. Yeah, and uh, and so I'm, they, I'm surprised. It's been certified, so they're going to go ahead with it, and they're actually going to do it. Well, so it kind of it kind of shows that I was on the right track when we played uh, the woman from San Mateo, who was telling all these horrible tales of sexual abuse on the last show. Uh, I think that was you know trying to say that you know the military is not ready for this change. Uh, but everyone signed off on it. The president did. Uh, I mean, he didn't hear much about it because there was so much other news. Uh, maybe also the timing of that may have been coincidental. It's like, oh, well, let's sign this real quick. Uh, but yeah, so now the 60-day clock starts. So either one of two things happens. Either something happens, and I'm not sure. I never quite understood why we had to have the 60 days. Is that like so we can, if we if we don't like that we did it, we can make something else happen? Or I think it's just to protect themselves from a lawsuit because it makes sure all the ducks are in a row so some one guy doesn't hear about it on time or he didn't know that this thing had passed he, uh-huh. they didn't give him enough time and he got you know somebody got something bad happened because of it I, I i think that's the only reason i think it's just a cya situation but uh, sure yeah everyone's got 60 days to get everyone got the gets the word right so now section 10 of uh was it uh, U.S. Code six fifty four gets stricken from the record? I, actually, I I never really gone back and read all of that. Don't ask, don't tell, man. That's pretty horrible. What's in there? It really, it literally says because you know the military can't have anything go wrong. They have their own their own uh, laws. And it was funny as I was reading it. Um. So this is the original Don't Ask, Don't Tell law, which to me is like very interesting, because if I had read this earlier, I would have said something about it. Uh, A member of the armed forces shall be separated from the armed forces under regulations prescribed by the Secretary of Defense if one or more of the following findings is made and approved in accordance with proceedings set forth in such regulations. That the member has engaged in, attempted to engage in, or solicited another to engage in a homosexual act or acts unless there are further findings made and approved in accordance with procedures set forth in such, such regulations, blah, blah, blah. And so basically they're saying, if you uh, show or intend to show homosexual tendencies, you're out, unless, I mean, it was easy to get out of it, because you say, unless such conduct is a departure from the member's usual and customary behavior, in other words, yeah, I just got really horny, it didn't matter, uh, such conduct under all circumstances unlikely to recur, like, oh man, it only happened once, I won't do it again. Well, actually, I think that part is in there for the reason that, you know, somebody's in the military, he's not gay, and he all of a sudden decides he doesn't want to get shipped to Iraq for the 10th time, so he starts acting different. Oh, like the, uh, it's the Klinger law. Yeah, it's like, oh no, I'm gay. <laughs> no. So, uh, now of course this does not affect their, um, uh, what is it, the DOMA status. So you, it's okay if you're gay, but you're not going to get your be- your benefits for your uh, same-sex uh, spouse. So that'll be next on the menu. And uh, But I am, I, am literal, I am absolutely surprised and proven wrong. I really thought it would never happen. I, you know, I'm, well, let's I'm see. We've still away. got 60 days to go. So I'm, I'm happy for anybody who is, you know, is like, yay, I can't wait to go to Iraq. But so I'm 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 happy about that, and uh, we'll see. It's not done yet. We'll see. I'm just. Aren't you surprised? I was just like, wow. I I did not expect that at all. Well, I'm not surprised <coughs> until it actually goes into play. Well, we'll I'm see. I'm still holding out. I'm not buying it. So the shields of the week.
have to be um, Cornell West and Tavis Smiley. Did you know these guys have a show? They do a show together? Together? Yeah. It's called the Smiley and West Radio Show. Oh, I didn't know that because I know Smiley's on, you know, P, he's on the nation's uh, uh, treasure. Yeah, national and, treasure. Uh, and, and West shows up on all kinds of uh, talk, Fox and CNBC and everything yeah. in between. And I, and I, and I like uh, West because he's kooky. You know, he's got that. He sounds like to me. Sounds like an idiot and and smiley. No offense to these guys, but he sounds like an idiot. And uh, to have a smiley sounds like a pretentious jerk. With that phony baloney. Well, yeah, no, they're, they're both phonies, and they show up on Pierce Morgan, Morgan, and um, and so and I'm and I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, uh, West is really doing it for me because he, uh, well, he doesn't make the statement himself, but Pierce Morgan reads the statement. Uh, from West, from uh, West about uh, President Obama. His co-host on the radio show, Smiley and West, Cornell West. Cornell, welcome. Blessing to be here. Nice to Can't see you. To have me on, always a blessing to be on, with brother. Ah, oh, that's really overmodulated. Sorry. Yeah, now, listen. You were a big supporter of President Obama. Well, absolutely. But you've also said this recently. Uh, you described him as the black mascot of Wall Street oligarchs and a black puppet of corporate plutocrats, and now he has become head of the American killing machine. And he's proud of it. Pretty strong words. You stand by those words? Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I support it, my dear brother Barack Obama, because I wanted to bring an end to the age of Reagan. Greed running amok at the top, indifference to poor people, and highly polarized body politic. So he uh, he says, uh, I'm sorry about the overmodulation. I didn't realize that. Uh, so he says as pretty strong words, right? I'm like, okay, this is good. Here we've got this, uh, this crazy guy. And uh, he's a professor. I think he's very smart. He, he's written uh, some interesting uh, documents. And uh, he says, you know, Obama's basically the puppet of Wall Street. I'm like, okay, there you go. That's nice. And then, uh, so what are you doing about it? Well, me and, and, by the way, we have to start talking like this. We got. I think we should be doing like, hey, Brother John, Brother John, yes, Brother Adam. Because uh, apparently it gets you a bus tour Sponsored by all kinds of uh, dubious organizations. We announced this poverty tour. Um, starting August the 6th, we are getting on a bus. It's called the Poverty Tour, a call to conscience. The Poverty Tour. A What's call the to idea? Conscience. The idea is to get on this bus. And now I can't hear it. Yeah, I can hear it, but it's uh, it's overmodulated. Cities and small towns, starting with Native Americans and African Americans and Hispanics and white males and white women, children and seniors and homeless veterans, all across this country in 15 different cities, we're going to raise the issue of poverty. We're going to talk to those persons who are battling it, who are struggling, those who've lost their homes, those who don't have jobs, those who are struggling to get an education. We want to use this date, this week of August the 6th through the 12th, to put as much attention, as much focus, as much spotlight as we can on raising the issue of poverty in America higher on the agenda. So can you hear that? Can you hear what they're saying? Yeah, they're going to do something uh, like something Clinton would do in his... Uh, some, yeah, it sounds like they're setting up a way of collecting money. Exactly. And they're collecting it primarily for themselves. It's the poverty tour. It's six whole days. Hey, you want a poverty tour? Get an RV, douchebag. That's a poverty tour. You want to go visit some people who are just getting by? They can do six days in a luxury bus, and they, it's and every, it's completely paid for. Listen, well, somebody's got to use that Palin bus now that she's back at yeah, home. Yeah, really, really. That we're about to embark upon. Somebody has to stand up and defend and fight for and not be afraid to talk about the plight of the poor in this country. This issue is starting to get 
not more, a lot more trash in this country. We're, we're delighted that this tour is bringing in other persons who believe as we believe that this issue got to be higher on the agenda. The NEA supporting us on this. The AARP Foundation supporting us on this. Yeah. And every day, the NEA, the AARP, it's completely sponsored. Completely, they're complete shills, and that really shows up when uh, uh, Pierce Morgan says. Okay, I'm going to put a gun to your head, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and you have to choose a Republican candidate for president. So, guys, come on. The metaphorical gun is at your head. You've got to vote for one Republican nominee as things stand. Since I don't, see, since I don't see anybody yet on their uh, on the Republican side who cares enough about poor and working people, I literally would just put the names on the wall and throw a dart <laughs> and whoever it hit that's good I, I don't see a difference honestly go no be more specific there must be one who's yes, there's right. not one you the legacy of martin king he said we need a qualitative shift in our souls and a quantitative shift in our circumstances puts the stress on poor and working people i don't see one republican anywhere near that the problem is the democrats hardly have any i don't know what he said but i know that why couldn't either of them said ron paul couldn't either of them said gary johnson I mean, is, is that so far? Th- those guys don't have it. Don't have the poor and the and all Americans uh, best at heart. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you know, if they if the, yeah, the they're, old, they're, they're, it's, it's like they're part of the whole scheme thank to, to you. marginalize Ron Paul Johnson and the guys who make more sense than these other stooges. I mean, uh, I'm not big on most Democrats, but I'll certainly uh, Kucinich is a good guy. You know, Kucinich has some really interesting things to say. Yeah, no, I agree. In fact, here's Kucinich uh, from uh, C-SPAN. Is recognized for one minute. The latest attack on elderly beneficiaries of Social Security is a scheme by which seniors' cost of living benefits will be cut through something called a chained consumer price index. The CPI, chained, involves a formula which recalculates the cost of living. The theory behind the chained CPI is that as the cost of living goes up, consumers, in this case seniors, buy cheaper products. For example, if poor seniors cannot afford to buy and eat steak, but can only afford to buy and eat cheaper cat food, their cost of living benefit would be chained to the cost of the cat food because it's cheaper than steak. (laughs) And as a result, seniors will see their cost of living benefit reduced to the cheaper product and get a smaller Social Security check. The chained CPI sets up seniors for reduced standard of living. If you uh, must afford less, you get less uh, Social Security benefits. The chained CPI, chaining seniors to poverty. Time to break those chains. I like it. What is this? I never even heard of this scam. Yeah, well, so now that I understand it, it's awesome. Cat food for everybody. It's the American dream. Huh. It's interesting. The chained consumer price index. Buzzkill, but Buzzkill Junior. I uh, noticed that Shadow Stats is discussing this in that newsletter that I like to recommend if people can get up, pay, can afford it. Shadow Stats is an operation out of San Francisco that takes a look at real numbers and uh, as right. opposed to government bullcrap numbers, and they're they're the ones who say we're at about a twenty-two and a half percent unemployment rate in reality. Oh yeah, which I'm sure you're seeing now when you're floating around. Oh, in the let me let me tell you. You know, and what's interesting is here uh, in the South, everyone talks about the bus like it was this huge event. You don't hear that in California necessarily. You know, the way it's talked about down here after the bust, after the bust, 
We got a a good buddy here, our our, our uh, Hot Pockets 2008 uh, uh, producer. He had to move to the other side of the state to work at uh, Cape Canaveral. He's in construction. Hello. So he's really lucky that he's got some construction over there. And uh, he's uh, been through... So he has a house here, and he's been unable to sell his house. And he's come very close twice. Once the woman uh, lost her job, so he couldn't close then. Then he had a two-month closing. It was through a government program. Then they found out that because uh, the house had a pool... And by the way, you know, a pool here, it's not like a luxury. It's not like Beverly Hills. You know, it's like you get a pool so you can, like, not die in the heat. <laughs> you know, but then also, oh, no, all bets are off. That's a luxury home because it has a pool. The poor guy can't sell his house, Chad. Huh. You know, so he's paying rent. He's paying mortgage. No, it's bad down here. It's bad. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing Ron Paul and Dennis Kucinich together. We could call it the, you know, the kooky party. Yeah, that would be the way it would be described by the media. That's why I'm saying it. But, boy, something would get get done, I tell you that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. So, anyway, so these two shills... Oh, we don't know anybody. No, I have no idea. And no one talking any sense on the Republican Party. So let's, uh, okay, let's do this. Fueled by donating to no agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Fab. Poor John, man. Yeah, you're, I know you're getting towards that age when you're thinking, "Hey, hold on a minute." I'm going to be eating, eating cat, cat food. food. <laughs> eating cat food. And the new, it, it's the new normal. Say, hey, that's what you can afford. That's what we're paying for. That's right. The cat the food is... Kind of a, what kind of logic is this? Cat food is the new filet mignon. I can't afford any, to eat anything. Okay, we'll give you no money. Well, I can what? afford to eat cat food. Well, good. That's the new standard. Here's your cat food. Wow. Yeah, that... Yeah. I yeah. never heard of this. This is a, a total scam. Well, Yeah. Duh. And, of course, who else but Kucinich would bring it up? Everyone else just goes along with it. William Arkan, we want to thank him. Black Knight Bill Yay. Uh, from Draycott, Massachusetts, $133. Robert Simpson came in with $111.11 from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mark Philippe Roussy from Saint-Hubert, Quebec. In the morning, and he came with a hundred bucks. Uh, ITM John and Adam, uh, the karma I received in September paid off. Yay! And I landed an amazing job in February, and I've been overdue to make another donation. Also, uh, please call out Josh Berub or Berub, as he has been listening to the show for over a year and has yet to donate. Douchebag. That's right. Jerry Holmes, uh, new uh, donor, uh, double nickels on the dime from. Doe Run, Georgia. It's an interesting name for a town. Also, Double Nickels on the Diamond from Carl Barron, who says, I fucked up really bad at work and could use a dose of karma in order to get my job back. Okay, well, gee, man, I wonder what happened. You've got karma. Stop stealing the pencils. These uh, are greetings from uh, Tokyo, where Harp must be powering down since I haven't felt an aftershock all week. Yeah, the transmitter's off. They're, they're conserving. Yeah, they, they they can't keep that thing running. Lawrence de Bruin. De Brown. De Brown. Lawrence de Brown. Lawrence de Brown. <laughs> who I assume is uh, from uh, Milwaukee. 
<laughs> great show. Would like some karma. I quit my job and I'm trying to figure out what to do next. You've got karma. You get a shout out to my uh, dear Astrid and my dad, who I hope to convert to listeners soon. Wonder what your take is on the events in Gitmo Nation Brown Cheese. That's Norway, not Denmark. And he's uh, <coughs> suggestions. Uh, marginalization of the FRP party. Keep up the good work in the morning. Double nickels on the dime. Raymond, uh, oh man, he sent me a note. I, I would say it's Kuzera. He had, I think it's Kuzera or something, something like that. Yeah. He sent a note with the pronunciation from Clarkston, Michigan. I'll try to dig that up, uh, Raymond. Uh, Raymond, another, this is weird. You have another Raymond right after him. Came in at the same time for $55. Raymond, Raymond Kleinstra. Kleinstra. In, from? Drachten. Yeah, very good. Drachten. Very good. Please, a de-douching and a double dose of karma from the selling of my girlfriend. What? From oh, what? For the selling of my girlfriend's and her, her, her ex's house. And for the new human resource me and my girlfriend are getting. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Nice. Arthur Kessler in Acme, Alberta, $50. John Lake, Sacramento, California. Uh, Mike Ber- Bernstein uh, in Bettendorf, uh, Iowa. Iowa, yeah, both $50. Paul Vela, uh, Towchester, North Hampshire. <laughs> no, it's Towchester, Northamptonshire. Hamptonshire. Uh, also uh, in the UK. Well, you know, these, what am I supposed to do? These long. Yeah. It's like well, I don't know. It's sauce. the only thing you have to do. The only, it's the only thing you have yeah, to well, do. Yeah, well, you try it. $50 for <laughs> Okay, me. good. You produce the show. You do the show I notes. You, if I produced the show, you'd be getting a lot more of this, and you know you wouldn't like it. Oh, wow. Low blow. <laughs> you know you wouldn't like it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's it. And that's our group for uh, producers for today, and uh, we appreciate every one of them for uh, donating, and all the people donate 3333 and onward uh, down to the... Uh, we still have a few people on the old $2 plan that have hung in there. Yeah, absolutely. I have a couple of uh, karma mentions. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, John, uh, I, I don't know if he uh, wants his name really mentioned, but... Uh, well, says, yeah, he actually does. He says, John Little here. Hope you and Miss Mickey are enjoying the tour. I'm entering a 28-day outpatient alcohol and prescription drug rehab on Monday. Could use some karma. Don't mind if you mention the reason why. I'm not ashamed. Maybe someone here will hear it and take stock of themselves. So I definitely want to give you some karma, my friend. You've got Good luck karma. with that. Hey, Adam and John, I was listening to Noah Jenner for last Thursday. Heard that there was only one producer-level donor and felt terrible for you guys. Wanted to encourage you in your plight and against the, uh, against the new world order. I've signed up for $5 a month. I'm a student paying my own way through college. That's right, my friend. Have countless expenses that are going to come due at the end of the summer, but I value what the No Agenda show stands for. I feel I've been mooching for too long. I started listening for two years, and I love the show. That is uh, Alex McKenzie. Thank you very much. Gents, Paul V. from Gitmo East seems uh, to me as the summer approaches, I should do my bit to make up for the shortfall in donations. And it is true. The summer is very, very difficult uh, for all things Internet. With that in mind, I've increased my monthly giving level from $30 to $50. That's $50 a month. I really appreciate what Paul is doing here. As a No Agenda listener since Episode 1, the value of No Agenda was reinforced last week 
when I took the kids to the movies. Two adults and two children cost 38 pounds, around $60, before popcorn and a bucket of aspartame. It's pretty obvious that 16 hours per month of no agenda is a heck of a lot more entertaining than Harry frickin' Potter or the latest 3D animation. And whilst I could be a freeloading boner, that isn't me. If it's good, I pay for it. I look at no agenda as a sort of insurance policy against media brainwashing. So far, it's been working. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, finally, uh, Dr. Ray Kuzera. Here's the note. I've been listening for over a year, decided it was time to stop being a feminine hygiene washing sack. <laughs> That's sticking, by the way. We need a jingle. Feminine hygiene washing sack. And, I've joining, yeah. and I'm joining the mighty one percenters. You guys uh, are my go-to source for all the news fit to listen to. Hope you stop by lovely Clarkston on the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. Enjoy a big can of Labatt's ice with me and my beautiful wife. We'll fill up the tank on the van. Yeah, it's, it's an RV, but... Not much bigger than a van. And provide blankets or water. Your choice, if you do. Please accept my donation of double nickels and a dime. So we thank uh, everyone there for uh, for doing that. And we have a make good uh, E.N.D. Larson. Uh, he wanted to send out karma to all the producers and listeners out there who have lost friends and family due to suicide. So here's some massive karma for all those people I just mentioned. You've got karma. And, uh, boy, I, I am... Uh, my my sinuses are a mess. <laughs> it's really bad today. Uh, how do you catch a cold in weather like that? No, I well, it's from uh, I think it's from meeting people. I think it's the air conditioning. No, you can't get you can't turn it off. No, you can't. Yeah, go, right. Go without. <laughs> right. You watch my Mac fry itself. No, seriously, you're going to have a bad sinus condition. It's going to building. You're going to get Legionnaires' disease. I would cut the air conditioning immediately. Legionnaires' disease, please. No, man. You know what this comes from? This comes from meeting people, touching people, shaking no, hands, please. kissing Every them. Every politician in the world does that. Doctors see people every day and they don't get sick. I'm telling you, it's the air conditioning. I think you're just looking. You know, I think you got you got to turn it off. Just sweat. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thanks, John. So again, uh, we have a uh, a pure value for value based model. is very simple. Uh, We've been doing it for over four years now. It's what we do. We watch C-SPAN, so you don't have to. We deconstruct as much as possible. Uh, We try to stay on top of the real news and bring it to you and help you. uh, to be able to face a world filled with a lot of disinformation. If you value this service, please consider us in your will. And if you don't plan on dying, then go to... Dvorak.org slash N-A. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, so we have uh, two night hoods, John. If you could uh, grab your blade there for a second. Very good. Uh, we have a black night and a fresh night. Please step forward. James from FreeHollowBooks.com and Christian Winter. Extend those ring fingers and kneel as I now pronounce thee. Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable, Sir James and Sir Black Knight Christian. You now both are Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable for your donations up to $1,000 in total. Please enjoy your hookers and blow. Or your Red Boys and Chardonnay, as you prefer. (coughs) Sound terrible. Yeah. That air conditioning will do that. Yeah. Well, Mickey doesn't have it, so...
That's She's, the good news. Uh, uh, there's a reason for that. <laughs> Don't tell me it's one of those uh, CIA genetics. Things. Oh, really? Well, she, I tell you. Can I just stop here a second? Uh, I love her so much. She is so awesome on this trip, and we're going to be fine. And yes, Adam is in love. dot com. Um, stop! Stop the slide whistle. I'm trying to be serious. She is doing so much for this for this trip. John, yeah, just say she's great. I don't know. She's great, I suppose, until she gets to you the shiv, which is what I'm expecting. <laughs> until she hands me the poison oyster. <laughs> no, she, I mean, listen, this is like a man cave, okay? By the way, I'm convinced RVs are not designed by women. You know there's a guy who's like, yeah, we put the microwave here, and we yeah, just no, put a right. stove I've there. I've been in enough of them that, that, that they all seem designed by guys. Yeah, I mean, this, this, it, it makes no sense for women whatsoever. Now, I, I want, and of course, I want to thank Baroness Maggie Vincent, because she's given us this fantastic opportunity for the show, and it's great. Um, but for a woman to be living in this box of a man cave with me, and that's rough. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. And I, and I had chiggers this morning. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, we got up really early. And uh, by, by the way, you have the morning star, or early in the morning, which is Venus, apparently. So you see the moon and no other stars, but right next to it is Venus, and that's there for about half an hour, and then it goes yeah, it's away. it's gorgeous. It's big. beautiful. Oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, ow! And there's this little pinhead thing. That's a chigger, right? I don't know. I've never been bitten by one. Oh, and yet you warn me. Anyway, well, maybe I know they're, they're all over the place. Well, maybe I got a chigger bite, and maybe I'm slowly dying. I don't know. No, chiggers don't kill you. They just burrow under your skin. <laughs> and then they live there forever. <sighs> You'll be itchy when you get back. There was something really funny. Uh, hey, hopefully they'll stop you at the border for a chigger check. We're not going to the border, man. We're staying uh, in the United States of Gitmo Nation. I mean the border of California. Oh. Yeah, you do need a passport for that. Um, so uh, we're following uh, Gitmo Nation down under. Very important because this will be the first country that has the uh, carbon tax, um, which will be is basically being rammed on everybody's throat. And they have their own version of C-SPAN down there, uh, which I think, uh, I don't know what it's called, but uh, there's a lot of it. <laughs> and it's available on YouTube, which is really nice. So, so there's this, um, um, I guess, member of parliament. I, I don't know enough about the uh, Australian system. Now, her name is Mary Jo Fisher. And so they have kind of a combination of what they do in the United Kingdom, where you know they can talk crazy and insult people while they're up there standing. And it's a cross between that and our system, where they, they stand up and there's like no other side, and there's no hooting and hollering necessary, and they can just go nuts for like five minutes or whatever their allotted time is. And this woman, I mean, if she's on drugs, she needs to be sharing. The members of the opposite have got no answers, and I rise to take note of the no answers given uh, in question time today. And to note, Mr Acting Deputy President, that all this government is doing is dancing a dance. Dancing a very merry dance is our Prime Minister at the behest of the Greens. Dancing a very merry dance to avoid calling attacks attacks. Dancing a very merry dance to try and deny that she has broken a promise that there would not be, under her government, ever, ever a carbon tax. 
Dancing a very merry dance, Mr Acting Deputy President. We might as well, we might as well, Mr Acting Deputy President, do that hokey pokey again. Do that hokey pokey on a dud of a policy that's all pain and no gain. It's bereft of detail, it's a total dud, and all it will do it's is destroy the market. Dance the hokey pokey, Mr Acting Deputy President. It's bereft of detail. So is petrol in, is petrol out. You put petrol in, you take petrol out. You put petrol in and you shake the tax about. <laughs> you do the hokey pokey and ooh, you turn right around. And this goes on for like seven minutes. It's all about the hokey pokey and the dance and the very merry, very merry, 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 merry dance. And it just goes on and on. Please check this out at 324.nashownotes.com. I like it's, it. Yeah, oh no, the, it, I think it's fantastic. From the, uh, whoops, we didn't know that files. Uh, Congressman uh, Anthony Weiner uh, was uh, spotted uh, flying uh, out of LaGuardia. Uh, on his way to uh, outpatient uh, rehab. See, where was he going? To Florida, I rehab think. Rehab for what? Uh, for his sex addi- addiction, of course. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah. And here's the headline from the New York Post. Quote, <laughs> uh, My problem is I have three women I have to, c- to convince I'm cured. Huma, her mother, and Hillary. Wow. Uh-huh. And by the way, our uh, our resource from uh, from Hillary State Department totally agrees about the uh, about uh, Hillary and Huma, and she's going to yeah Huma Huma. She's going to try and I said don't get fired is what I said. Whatever you do, don't get fired. Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, once you made the connection, it's pretty it's obvious. So what? Well, so what is if if Hillary just be honest about it? Then it would then it wouldn't be, be, such, wouldn't yeah. be such a so what. And then we could understand a little more what happened with uh, just with everything. Yeah, with with Bill. Yeah. Um, remember we talked about uh, the new rural American. Uh, what was it? It was the rural American committee, I think, that President Obama put together. And on it was, you know, every single member of the cabinet, including uh, Homeland Security and uh, um, the USDA and uh, the FDA. Just ev- everyone's on it. So there's, and this, uh, and we've identified oh, right. this. Yeah, this yeah. is the thing with all the stooges. Yeah, this is the thing that makes no sense unless it's really a front for something else. Right. Well, it's the White House Rural Council, which is intended, uh, its intent is to strengthen rural Communities, and this was established on June 9th. We ne- immediately pegged it as an Agenda 21 move. And the first thing they're doing, they're rolling out smart meters. Hello, smart meters to rural communities, smart meters to farms. You know what that means? That means a prices are going to get jacked up because we've seen that happen everywhere. These smart meters, and they're going to control it. So it's increased use of digital information. And controls uh, of technology to improve reliability, security, and efficiency of the electric grid. Dynamic optimization of grid operations and resources with full cybersecurity. Yeah, someone's going to hack into the farm. 
Deployment and integration of distributed resources and generation, including renewable resources. Get ready to pay more money for solar and wind. Development and incorporation of demand response, demand side resources, and energy efficient resources. Let me tell you, this list goes on and on. And, and, I, and I've been visiting some of these places in rural America. No one's waiting for this. Yeah, it's another scam. Huh. Well, give me something happy then, big boy. Well, I got something happy then. I got uh, Al Sharpton, for some unknown reason, was given a show by MSNBC. <laughs> Wait, Just is listen he, to this guy. He can't even read. Is he replacing uh, that other the, the douche? Oberman, What's Oberman? Yeah. Actually, they put in a couple of guys. That did, there's this other guy named Chank or something who's just terrible, and they decided to bounce him. Well, you know what happened. Was, you know what happened with him? Did you see his uh, his goodbye on uh, Chank? Yeah, because he was no. doing this. Oh yeah, no, very. This he was doing something called Young Turks. Have you ever seen that Young Turks? No. So Young Turks is kind of. They come, they touch on a lot of no agenda issues, and the guy, uh, this uh, Schenk, I think, I think it's Schenk, but you spell it C-E-N-K. I've seen some of his stuff, and some of it's very good, very, very no agenda, and other stuff is like him yelling a lot, which, you know, okay. Suppose he's doing an Ed Schwartz bitching about the Republicans. No, no, I I disagree. I I think I've seen him do some pretty good stuff. But he got kind of popular with uh, with this Young Turks. Then MSNBC brought him in to do a gig, and uh, the way he tells it was very interesting. Actually, you should see his uh, his video about this. He got the talk, and the talk was, uh, "Hey, uh, listen, you know, uh, the people in Washington they don't like your tone." <laughs> and so they kicked him off the air. He says he left of his own accord. You know, they wanted to marginalize him and and not give him the six o'clock slot, whatever. And he said his ratings were great, whatever. Um, I doubt it. But it was kind of interesting that he said, you know, he got the talk about uh, MSNBC being establishment and uh, didn't really like his tone. Yeah. Yeah. Migraines exploded earlier this week. And today, Politico is reporting some new details, including the fact that they caused her to miss eight House votes last July and another full day of votes last May. The story prompting questions from Republican pundits and rivals. Dude, they are really stretching for talent there. Popping his peas, he can't say, can't speak in a whole sentence. Why don't they give the job to that, that the guy who wanted the job, the black uh, minister? You mean uh, long-legged Mac Daddy? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, they don't, I don't think, I don't think they like his tone necessarily. Sharpton stinks. He oh. stinks. This guy. We could, anyways, going on and on. They're all. Everybody's all worked up about about Barbara or Barbara, about uh, Michelle Bachman's uh, migraines. Oh, yeah. And so this is all over the news. Oh, she's got migraines, and she's a piece of work. Oh, one of her ex-staffers thinks that she's a grouch. I actually I had... I this uh, whole thing, it's just... Like, I had the, they're uh, really afraid of her. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid of her, too. She, she has that thousand-yard stare, which is like, huh? Well, that and the fact that she's her husband's, you know, the screwball, ex-gay, you know, gay... Whatever, gay hunter or whatever he is. <laughs> Bachman, gay hunter. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great show. Hi, I'm Michelle Bachman's husband. I'm the gay hunter. He, are you, is your son gay? Well, I'll take care of that. I had, a, I had actually had a clip from, uh, 
from the last show we didn't play. Let me see if I still have it. It was about... Um, it was with Wolf and uh, Sanjay Gupta, and they were discussing it. Well, maybe I don't have it anymore. Oh, here it is, yeah. And he actually, because he's on drugs, and this is the big thing. It's like, oh, can she still function on drugs? You want to hear that? It was kind of interesting. Yeah, play it. Republican Michelle Bachman is going to new lengths to try to prove that her migraine headaches would not be a problem if she were president. Her campaign released a letter today from one of her doctors amid growing questions about her headaches and her health. It says, let me read it to you in part, uh, your migraines occur infrequently and have known uh, trigger factors of, uh, and you have known trigger. So I guess she got a note from her doctor that says, it's okay. It's okay to run for president. Yeah, I say so. Factors of which you are aware and know how to avoid. When you do have a migraine, you are able to control it well with uh, as needed. Uh, Sumatriptan and Odanzatron. Okay, Sumatriptan and Odanzatron. John, can you please... Consult the Book of Knowledge. All right, let's go. Sumatran... What's the first one? Uh, Sumatran. No, Sumatripta... Sumatripta... Your migraines occur infrequently and have known uh, trigger factors of... uh, And you have known trigger factors of which you are aware and know how to avoid... When you do have a migraine, you are able to control it well with, uh, as needed, uh, sumatriptan. 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 Got it. Yeah. And? And odanzatron. Odanzatron, which is like orgasmatron, I think. Well, the first, so anyway, Sanjay Gupta will explain. It has uh, not been necessary for you to take daily scheduled medications to manage this condition. Let's bring in our chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who's a neurosurgeon. What? Onidanzatron is Zofran. It's for cancer patients, I think, right? No, Zofran? No, no, that's that one of those, one of those, it's like a Prozac kind of a clone. Oh, really? Now, what do these drugs, Sanjay, do? Well, uh, sumatriptan is a pretty well-known migraine medication. Uh, The the theory is that when someone has a migraine, that the blood vessels, some of the blood vessels in the brain, typically on one side of the head only, are are sort of in spasm. And what sumatriptan does, it sort of stabilizes those blood vessels. So the amount of blood flow is not changing as the blood vessel is in spasm. uh, It's something that you take when a headache is coming on. So you take it to try and treat the headache. Wait for it. And that's to distinguish it from something that you take to prevent headaches in the first place. This is to treat the headaches. It does have some side effects. Sumatriptan, it can cause dizziness. It can cause nausea uh, itself, uh, feeling sometimes that the room is spinning around you. The other medication, Odansetron, is is basically used to control nausea and vomiting, either from the migraine headache itself or from, you know, the side effect of the first medication. So they're, they're, they're pretty typically used in combination wolf so with the bottom line could uh, taking these drugs and the migraines actually debilitate her ability if she were elected president you know i, I it, they're, they're pretty commonly used drugs and, and and in full disclosure i i suffer from migraines myself so i have there it is it's a commercial the whole thing is a commercial <laughs> sounds like it so hey it's good for sanjay some personal experience of these medications um, the, the, the medications are thinking about right. they, it's, it's, it's a commercial. commercial. It's a commercial. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's just disgusting. a commercial. It's unbelievable. It's great. Don't worry about it. It's all good. It's just a commercial. Hot pockets. Wouldn't it be funny if it, you know? In full disclosure, uh, Sanjay Gupta. You know, I eat hot pockets and there's find them very nutritious. Forty varieties. Works by blocking the action of serotonin, blah, blah, blah. It's used for all kinds of things, that one. 
Well, I, thought, I thought it was pretty nasty. Just well, to, these things are all ridiculous. No, but the fact that it's just, they're just peddling it like a commercial. Yeah, and we don't even know that she takes. Did, did they say that or that came from the doctor's letter that, that the plug was in there? Yeah, the doctor's letter. Yeah, the, uh, well, he, uh, Wolf said he was reading it verbatim. Of course, the doctors are paid to, and to prescribe that. They're, they're paid. And the room is spinning. <laughs> yeah, the room is spinning. Well, there's a lot of this celebrity stuff going on. You know, you have, instead of just, you know, the, the commercial with the anonymous person, I think the trend, you know, I think we've seen enough of those commercials. The, you know, I now it's, I, I think it's becoming more of a, I think we're having the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the host endorsement style of commercials for these drugs. And that's what we're seeing with that one you just did with Gupta saying he loves the stuff. Yeah. I <laughs> Full have disclosure. A Full disclosure. Coincidentally, I've got an Embril commercial which has a huge major golfer that's plugging this stuff. What is Embril? Well, I guess we're going to find out what that is. I'm Phil Mickelson, pro golfer. If you have painful, swollen joints, I've been in your shoes. One day I'm on top of the world. The next I'm saying... I have this uh, thing called psoriatic arthritis. I had some uh, intense pain. It progressively got worse. My rheumatologist told me about Embril. I'm surprised how quickly my symptoms have been managed. Because Embril suppresses your immune system, it may lower your ability to fight infections. Serious, sometimes fatal events, including infections, tuberculosis, lymphoma, other cancers, and nervous system and blood disorders have occurred. Before starting Embril, your doctor should test you for tuberculosis and discuss whether you've been to a region where certain fungal infections are common. Don't start Embril. If you have an infection like the flu, tell your doctor if you're prone to infections, have cuts or sores, have had hepatitis B, have been treated for heart failure, or if while on Enbrel, you experience persistent fever, bruising, bleeding, or paleness. Get back to the things that matter most. Good job, girls. Ask your rheumatologist if Enbrel is right for you. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Dr. Drew is still prescribing uh, all kinds of weird stuff for pot addiction. Hold on, here it comes. Okay. Because marijuana addiction is really rough. And pl- by the way, there's a withdrawal from it. It lasts about 7 to 10 days. And you get very irritable and a little bit paranoid, too. So if you start feeling that way, we can, we can give you stuff for that. Uh-huh. Okay, good. It's really, it's not a fun withdrawal. Well, pleasure meeting you. And let's, uh, you know, get through the night and start working here. <laughs> Jessica is a severe, severe addict. With the amount of alcohol and pot that she's been consuming, her withdrawal is going to be intense and protracted. We're in for a very long haul with Jessica. And so he's going to give her a Billify. <clears throat> Every single show, I want our producers to be on the lookout for this. Everything is now a drug ad. We are literally into the just-take-your-med-slave portion. I'm telling you, it is really outrageous. Hello? Hmm. Huh. Now, that took so long, John? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> really? Are you there? Are you sure? Hello, Johnny? Are you there? So, uh, that was really weird. What happened is the internet completely broke. Everything dropped out. And, uh, and then my, and, like, my screens like went black. It was, I, it was an EMP. Could have been. Yeah. <sighs> okay, what were we talking about? 
I was mentioning that marijuana seems to be a huge meme in the New York Times of late. Oh, really? Why are they all over it? Well, Drew's, Drew's got marijuana addicts. Uh, and he's giving them a right. bill of the five. The Norway guy, by the way, the Norway shooter back, was back a off, marijuana. Back off from your mic just a bit. You're really... The Norway sure. shooter was a marijuana guy. Mm. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Oh, makes total sense. Okay. Yeah, he was a marijuana guy. And now on the front page of, let's see, this was the uh, Saturday paper, which has all the real news. Yeah. Uh, legal marijuana in Arizona. Yes for buyers, no for sellers. In uh, right on the front page below the fold. Hey, wait a minute. Did did we miss doing your segment? I'm sorry. Did did we completely screw that up? We didn't do it. If that's what you're wondering. Did you want to do it to wrap things up and do your? Uh, well, we could do a quickie. I mean, it's not. A, uh, there's not that much good stuff. I mean, essentially, the Saturday papers got uh, pretty much two or three pieces. The Sunday paper is typically lame. Well, hold on. Let's uh, let's do it properly then. All right, hit it. John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. Just uh, fist your mic a bit, man. You're, you're over-modulating. All right, I'm back here now. Yeah, much better. So uh, the Sunday paper, of course, has got uh, some interesting memes at the bottom, which is something, uh, you know, we'll make sure we can deball the American mail. So um, top of the uh, little listings is progress on mail contraception. Uh-huh. Male contraceptives are attracting growing interest from scientists. Oh, yeah, we have to depopulize uh, everybody. Um, the Pakistan spies on its diaspora, spreading fear. There's something going on there. We don't know what. Meanwhile, the Saturday paper, which has the good stuff, has the Norway rattling thing. It has an interesting use of uh, associative uh, sentence structures where they... They talk about it's. It reminds people of the attacks in Beirut or Baghdad or Oklahoma City. Uh, trying to make it, it done as a triple, which is to give you the idea that there's uh, three things uh, that means it's it's accurate. There's a, I should tell people about this trick when you're a writer. When you're going to try to exemplify it as, as, or compare it with something, you can use like two things. Like the guy was good and bad. Uh, uh-huh. Or you can use three things. The guy was good and bad and indifferent. Or you can use four things, which is the guy was good and bad and indifferent and crazy. <laughs> and the, and the, the the mental effect on people is different for each of those three structures. That the uh, just using two things as an indication of that you that just solid information. Normally, they have to discuss it. The three things is with, or the trinity is always the is always the one you want to encourage people to believe that the report is balanced. And the fourth one, when you use four things or more, that is to indicate that you're emotionally into it, and there's a lot of you're going to be going off the deep end here for any okay. minute. Okay. And so the, I always get a kick out of seeing those those little triples that show up. And also, there's another one that's kind of funny. The debt on the Saturday paper: debt limit talks break up again as speaker quits. Yeah. Obama defends a Saturday me- uh, demands a Saturday meeting with lawmakers. And this was kind of cool. This is in paragraph one, two, three, four, five. Mr. Obama said Mr. Boehner had stopped returning his calls, which I think is funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, he won't take my call. Hey, man, my battery clear, was dead. When it became clear that rank and file House Republicans would not, and this is the kicker, this is a little piece of propaganda right in the middle, would not agree to raise revenues on wealthy Americans. 
I didn't know that was the whole thing. Is it just to raise revenue, soak the rich, or to uh, raise taxes for the wealth? I mean, what? That's obviously the, that was the point of the, the whole thing is to raise taxes on the rich. Yeah, it, Let's I, get I, them. I love how everyone just says it's about raising revenue. Yeah, that's great. It's a great way yeah, to say. The whole thing is bullshit. But anyway, that's my New York Times report for today. Okay. John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. Uh, while we're at it, we might as well do this one for you. 33. I'm 33. A couple of magic numbers for you today. New jingle, by the way. Hope you like that. Uh, Brad Pitt's production company hoping to win the screen rights to the story of the 33 Chilean miners rescued from the collapsed mine shaft. Thank you very much, Brad. But, of course, the one that uh, was the most emailed, I would say, is uh, about the high-speed bullet train in China. Uh. China. uh, Collided with another high-speed train in China. Some of the carriages fell off a viaduct, killing at least 33 people. Yeah, it's funny because that's an interesting story because a bunch of the news headlines that had 33 were changed to 35. Which oh, makes really? Me, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. The CNN report in particular, if I, when somebody sent me a link to it, it was changed from 33 to 35. And it makes me think that the, that the meme or whatever this, whatever this triggering mechanism is for the use of the word 33, which is, I don't know, there's a stock tip in there. Is it to tell <laughs> us to get out of a certain tip. town? I have stock no idea. <laughs> whatever it is, they, they, they said, no, 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 you can't use no, 33. No, man, You're you can't call 33 one. now, man. That's the wrong code. No good. Wrong code. Wrong, wrong code and uh, i bet you didn't catch this one there were tears of joy everywhere at maiden race course for earthquake ravaged japan after victoire pisa scored a stunning upset over transcend to give the nation a one-two finish in the 10 million dollar dubai world cup sponsored by emirates airline this was a horse race the japanese horse won Oh, uh huh. Somebody also said that the Tour de France was run won by by some guy who was rigged because the guy who would normally win was poisoned. <laughs> Gotta get that. So I'll put that story on the, on the next show. Yeah, let's get, get that one. <laughs> the guy was poisoned. <laughs> well, poisoned. yeah, there's a lot of poisoning going on in sports. In sports, you know. Well, I think anyway. there is a lot of poisoning that goes on in sports. Hell I know yeah. they tried to poison the Lakers some years ago. Yeah, when they with were food playing. poisoning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Ah, good. So, um, I guess the final thing is is to uh, thank everyone who has supported the show. Your uh, $5 a month. Yes, even those $2 a month. Your $1 an hour. Your eleven eleven. Uh, we do have the big eleven eleven coming up. Eleven 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 coming up. And, of course, our 333 show. This is episode 324. You can find all the clips... All the work we've done, uh, show notes at 324.nashownotes.com. Um, I've been, uh, even though I'm on the road, I've been working with Dave Weiner on uh, almost done with the system so you actually can log in and get an account and do something cool with your uh, domain names, over 500 now and counting, um, so we can you know, actually do stuff with isaslave.com and uh, all these fun domain names. <coughs> and uh, I'm sorry? I was just going to say I do have one last clip to play when we are done with your uh, plea. Oh, okay. Well, I was well. Then let me just uh, close your eyes, take a deep breath, open your mind, 
Dvorak.org slash N-A. At least we tell you we're programming your brain. Yes, in advance. Now, uh, so there's, you know, there's the thing that's taken over soap operas has been these women's talk shows of varying, varying kinds. And the one called The Talk, I believe, is the worst of the group. This is a and takeoff on The View, right? Yeah, everything's a takeoff of The View. There's about three of them, I think, maybe four now. And this one, this is the one that features Sharon Osbourne. Oh. And this is the cla- This is just a clip, a random clip from the show, because sh- I can't get random clips from too many of these soap operas anymore. Right. And this is the kind of inane bullcrap that is on these shows. Do you eat meat? No. Oh! <laughs> this is magical! Are you vegan? Yeah. Can I tell you something? You may. I know you're going to school me on something. Tell. <laughs> My granddaughter's name is like yours. Leah. Leah. Oh, that's and a nice she's connection. Eight years old. Yeah. And you know, with your energy, you remind me of her. She's all the way back in Israel. So Aww. when I sit next to you, can I give you a hug? Aww. Who was that? <laughs> that sounded like Ariana Huffington. This whole show is so bad. Oh. Are you? Do you eat meat? Is like gets a big round of applause. Oh That's what no! Kills me. Don't eat meat because it's bad for biodiversity. Wow! Let me give you a little biodiversity for that one. That was bad. <laughs> are, are, really- are you vegan? Yes, I think I am vegan. This is the conversation they have. This is on television? Oh, yeah, it's huge. It shows big. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. It, it's on like a network show? It's, it's a syndicated show. All the stations pick it up in the morning. That's unbelievable, John. Now, here's the question. What are you doing watching it? <laughs> Somebody has to, right? Somebody has to. It's it's. I was I, just I, there's jog, a I was just I'm working on. I dropped my jog. What the? And then I backed it up to get the clip. I was playing a clip of you that was sent in by one of our producers. It's pretty funny. This is how you sound on the show. It's it's. I find I, there's a I, there's a. I, I'm, I'm working on myself to get. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's going to do it. There, there, there's somebody. I, I think the. Realize it. And I looked at it. There's an ad for. It's. I, the, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. That would be it. Yeah. All right. Then I have uh, one final clip. Uh, the president about. Uh, what do we say all the time about drugs? What what country is it that works so well? Portugal, right? Portugal actually uh, decriminalized yeah, drugs. The drug use has gone through the f- down, and it's, yeah. the problem has disappeared. You want to hear about the president when he's asked that question directly? It's like three minutes. Oh. You think you can handle it? Three minutes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. The president, good to meet you. My name's Steve. I'm a doctoral student here. What are you studying? Political rhetoric. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is that a, can you really study that, political rhetoric? Not that I know of. It sounds like a setup to me political rhetoric. I don't know why all my clips are overmodulated, by the way. I apologize. How, how am I doing so far? Uh, I can't listen to this. It sucks. Something went wrong. Anyway, the guy literally says, Should we, can we decriminalize like uh, in Portugal? The president goes on for two and a half minutes and then he says, uh, to answer your question, no. Not going to do it. It's going to put more money into uh, warning you about it. And uh, to making sure you take the good meds. 
Alright, so we uh, pick up right after the show uh, Poolside with uh, Ms. Mickey and Gitmo Slave with the No Agenda Producers Update. I think we're going to hear some complaining today. Can you uh, uh, tell people what the song is that you play at the end of the show? I keep getting asked. You know what's funny is no matter how many times I say it, people keep asking. It's the Marriott Jazz Quintet. It's called On the Seventh Day. It is pod safe. And uh, this question has been answered so many times. Uh, yeah, I know. And I wonder, do people go out and like jam this in their car really loud? <laughs> I have no idea. They just <laughs> that like song it. is so awesome, man. I, I cranked it up at the stoplight. Chicks were loving it. Whew. Oh, and Mr. Oil will also be on the uh, No Agenda Producer Update pool side. I will be hopping in the pool uh, just to ensure I wash off some of the Legionnaire's disease. And uh, hopefully we'll have more for you on uh, Thursday. Uh, we'll be all over it as best as possible. Uh, Thursday, by the way, I think we'll be in. Uh, I think we'll be in New Orleans, John. I would think so. You got enough time to get there. And uh, so you know, I don't know if we have any producers in uh, in New Orleans. I think we do. Uh, we're going to pass through. Oh, I know we do. There's one. In the, there's a, one guy who owns this nice bar that hopefully he'll be listening. Oh, really? Oh, do you yeah. know what the name of the bar is? No, I mean I use I got to, to I can look it up on the email. Okay, on the emails, could you give that a shot? Yeah, let's on the internets. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh man, I, I hope my cold is better by then. You're right. I may ha- I'm already have Legionnaires disease. I feel like crap. I don't know how you can catch a cold in that weather. Unless I'm you're telling here. you, it's from hugging and kissing people, and that's what it is. And I wish well, you would come. Stop the kissing up. part. Well, uh, well, you know. Hey, when are you coming down, man? When you come wash o- your hands. Every when you, once when in are you while. coming over? When you I'll wash come my down hands when you get back to Fairfax or, or, or Langley, wherever you are. Oh, you going to come? You going to come to uh, Langley? You going to come to the Pentagon for the the final goodbye show? Maybe. But you'll so have to, you'll have to sit in a different room. You can't. We can't be together when you do the show. Maybe we'll, we'll see. How I don't want. I, I can't do that. No, I couldn't do it. We'd no. be, we'd be mugging too much. Yeah. Anyway, I miss you very much. You're talking to me now. Yeah. No, but you know, I don't see the difference in with a normal week. I miss you here, so you can see all the love that the people have for the show, man. Don't you get it? That's a good thing. Yeah. All right, thank I'll you, Miss. Thank you, Miss Mickey. Thank you to Nico and Ellen DeHaan for uh, opening up your home. We highly appreciate uh, you, uh, your producership. Karma goes to you, and Karma to Yellow Jacket, who's feeling sick as well. Uh, I'm Adam Curry in the great state of Florida. Talk to you again in the morning on Thursday. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where uh, eh, it's still foggy. I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> we'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Adios, mofo.